pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now at Menard, save big money on your next project with the 11% off everything. Mastercraft is the name to know for top quality entry and interior doors. You'll find the perfect door to fit your home. Choose from our in-stock selection or design your door. Your Back to the Justin Skinner Show right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. Former New Orleans Saints safety Von Bell signs a three-year deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. The former Buckeye will return to the Buckeye State to play the next three years of his NFL pro career. And again, this is a huge get for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a huge splash at anyone that needed an offensive line, that a lineman that would have had the same draft spot that the Bengals did last year would have probably have taken Jonah Williams, to be fair. And I think that it's also one of those things. Like, I look at Joe Burrow as the same thing. Like, if they draft Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow ends up being a flop, and not if they, when they draft Joe Burrow, but Joe, let's say Joe Burrow's a bust, I would not blame the Bengals for that because what I, what I mean by that is I, I might blame them and say, okay, you did a horrible job developing him. But we haven't seen the Bengals have a hard time developing quarterbacks. I think Andy Dalton's just very average. I think he's, uh, you know, some year, he's just very inconsistent. He has shown flashes of being of well above average, but then he's also shown really bad, you know, tendencies as well. I don't think that's on the Bengals. I think that's just who Andy Dalton is. Um, you know, but Carson Palmer, like, you, they've had success with quarterbacks. It's not as if this team just has never been able to develop a quarterback. That's the Cleveland Browns' M.O. That has never been the Bengals. What's been the Bengals' M.O. is just not being able uh, to add on to playoff rosters, to get better. Like right now, what I mean by that is, is like right now the Bengals are doing a fantastic job of enhancing this roster. But what I don't want to see happen is if all of a sudden they head into next year, you have Joe Burrow, uh, you have you know a healthy A.J. Green, you have a Boyd, still a questionable offensive line, that defense you added pieces to, but then you just stop there. You can't just stop there. you got to continue to add each offseason. you got to continue to try and improve some spots come trade deadlines. But I'm beyond impressed with what uh, what the Bengals have been, have done, especially bringing in Von Bell. Bringing in Von Bell is big time, uh, especially when you look at the fact that you have Geno Atkins, you have Carlos Dunlap, you added DJ Reader into the mix. Bengals fans should be ecstatic about how much they've improved that defense. And as I talked about earlier, when you look at the fact that you bring in Von Bell, Sean Williams now becomes an interesting component here because I think you can move him over to linebacker uh, and kind of toy with him there. Offensive line, though, Jonah Williams. I mean, outside of Trey Hopkins, you have nobody. You have nobody. Like, Michael Jordan is a nobody to me until he proves otherwise. Uh, you know, Jonah Williams is a nobody to me until he proves that he could play. All right? Uh, that the, the, the Suafilo kid that they brought in, he's a nobody, again, until I see him play. And Bobby Hart, he's a nobody because we've seen him play. All right, that that's the thing. Like Bobby Hart's a nobody because we've actually had the the non pleasure of watching him. Billy Price has been a bust up to this point. He's regressed. He has not gotten better. Uh, you know Isaiah Prince, not an option there. I mean, I mean, unless all of a sudden these guys just drastically improve over the off season, um, that's going to be the big key for the Bengals. I just do not like how they are totally ignoring the number one need, which is offensive line. 
that is always and should always be the need. I would rather them overstock on offensive linemen uh, with, you know, potential guys as opposed to just assuming that the guys that have not worked for the last five years are all of a sudden just going to magically get it. That's that, that's, that reminds me so much of what the Reds were doing for years where they were just hoping that their guys would get it. They were just hoping that the farm system guys would just all of a sudden click and everything start working, and it never happened that way. That's what I feel like the Bengals are doing with this offensive line. They're being stubborn. But, again, I cannot sit here and bash what they've done defensively. I love what they've done defensively. I love Dunlap, Reed, or Atkins. I love Sam Hubbard. All right, Hubbard's another one. And Hubbard, I mean, very, uh, I mean, you have Carl Lawson, too. I mean, you got to get a little bit more out of him. we got to see what he's able to bring to the table more as well. But, man, I'm very impressed with what the Bengals have been able to do up until this point. And I, the Von Bell thing really surprised me. I thought, honestly, after they were able to sign D.J. Reader, I thought that the Bengals were done from a free agency standpoint. This really caught me off guard. Who's to say that they're done? Who's to say that they're done? The only other thing I would question now is, what are you doing with Tony Romo? Or with Tony, sorry, I was reading a Tony Romo article. Give me a break. Uh, Andy Dalton. What are you doing with Andy Dalton? What are you doing with Ryan Finley? You know, you know, Dolgada. Like, I mean, you have a lot of question marks that you're bringing in Joe Burrow. All right, D- Dolgala, that's an easy one to, you know, move on from Ryan Finley. You move on from if you have to. But Andy Dalton, I'm very surprised if he's still going to be on this roster. Uh, but got to give the Bengals a ton of credit. I'm the first one to criticize them when things are going bad. I got to make sure I'm right at the front of the line to say, hey, good job. But as I said earlier, I see you, Bengals. I see you over there. I, I mean, they're sipping on that drink. They're, they're feeling good right now. They're feeling pretty good, and as they should. This is automatically, when you look at how the AFC North is set up, I think that the Browns have improved dramatically, uh, all on the offensive side. Like, I, I think that the Browns have dramatically improved all on the offensive side, and the Bengals have all improved dramatically all on the defensive side. Joe Burrow's going to be Joe Burrow. Um, I think, I, I don't really know what to expect. I don't know how much better the offense is going to be with Joe Burrow as a rookie. I think that he is going to have a lot more playmaking abilities than Andy Dalton and, and you know, some of the options that they have at quarterback, obviously talking about Ryan Finley. But again, how can, how you know, how, how much of Joe Burrow are we going to see that we saw from LSU in his last year? We can't expect to see the 60-touchdown throwing Heisman-winning quarterback at LSU all of a sudden step on the field and be doing those same things with the Bengals at least right away. Let's go to t- uh, Tony in Beaver Creek. What's up, Tony? Hey, not much. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. I, I, you're, you're sounding like what you, you said earlier in the year that you kind of backed off. Now you're back at it. You don't want to say it, but I'll say it for you. Any need to get out of that pick. Joe Burrow, they don't have enough parts for him to look like LSU Joe Burrow. He's going to put him in there. He doesn't have somebody to work behind like, um, oh, uh, what's his name from before when they, when they had, he had somebody to work behind. They don't, he doesn't, he's going to be straight up right in there first, first snap. He's going to struggle and get his veins breed out. He, he said, no offensive line. They lost, they lost their tight end. Their defense is just so, sort of coming together. Uh, they could use another decent receiver. Um, you know, the, the, they got one good running back. There's too many missing parts. I don't understand why, why put all the eggs in baskets and tell Joe Burrow, here, we're going to have that you fix this whole team when they can trade out of that pick, get the parts they need, get one of these decent quarterbacks, like a Cam Newton, one of these decent quarterbacks that can get you, you know, at least get you to a point where you can, you know, maybe be able to draft a good quarterback later on. But, but like, you're right. There's just too many parts missing from this team. You're trying to put an engine together, and all you've got is a piston and a carburetor. <laughs> I love that analogy, by the way. Um, 
I, I don't mind the wide receiving core as long as A.J. Green's healthy. Uh, I like Uzama. I'm not against Uzama, and I think that they could address the tight end of the draft. I would love to see maybe Troutman. I bring up Troutman. Every time, every team I talk about, I bring up Troutman. I was talking about the Cowboys yesterday. I like Troutman. I do. I want to see Troutman on one of the teams that we you know heavily talk about. Uh, but Uzama, I, I think that they feel pretty good about him. They just got to get him the ball. That was something that always frustrated a lot of people with the size that he has. Get him the ball. They also drafted Drew Sample last year high in the draft. Remember that. So in the second round. So, I don't know. They're probably not going to target another tight end high in this year's draft. I think they're set offensively outside of the offensive line. I, I just I, I just see images of, of Carr in Houston when he got freaking his ba- brains beat out when he gets sacked 84 times or something that year. I see that happen to to Burrow and he just like, you know, and he's, his whole career goes down the toilet when he's in a bad system. It's not his fault when you got to run for your life, but every time he snaps the ball, he was running for it. That's what I think is going to happen to Burrow this year. They're just going to run, and he's not that. He's a sit-back-in-the-pocket and carve-you-up kind of guy. I watched too many of his games. He's a great guy. You give him the right system, like what they did in LSU, and he's going to just crush you. But I don't think the Bengals system is going to – he's going to have to run. That's where I think the Cam Newton would come in, into effect. So make him you know move around mobile big guy. Why don't why don't they sign someone like that and then put Burrow behind him? I mean, can they do that? Is there enough drop space for that? The the problem is in 2020, and like we always talk about, like we always throw this theory out there that teams are going to draft a rookie quarterback and sit him behind a veteran quarterback and watch him learn. We watch the you know obviously that that model works for the Kansas City Chiefs, but the problem is is that a lot of times when you're drafting a quarterback high in the first round, you're not a good football team, and it usually means you're not going to win a lot of games the next year either. And when you start losing, teams get impatient. The reason that the Chiefs were able to be patient with Patrick Mahomes is because Alex Smith was that quarterback, and they were winning a lot of games and still could have potentially got to the Super Bowl that last year that Alex Smith was there. If Joe Burrow goes to the Bengals and he's not the starter, they may not be winning a lot of games right away, and that's going to increase the pressure to put Burrow on the field. That's what happened with the Browns. Tyrod Taylor was supposed to come in and be the veteran quarterback Quarterback that let you know that gave Baker a year to learn from, but then Tyrod started. He wasn't playing good enough. The fans got antsy, and that pushed you know that pushed the tempo to get him out there. I just don't think the Bengals are good enough to sit Joe Burrow for a year. Is all we did it before. Remember when it was uh, um, oh god, what was his name? They brought him in. He did really good, almost too good, and and they had. Um, oh, oh, you're talking about it? the kid from Alabama? No, McCarron. McCarron. No, we well no no no. Back when we drafted USC, remember first first round. Um, oh Palmer, yeah Palmer. He sat behind uh, um, Kitna. He sat behind Kitna for a year, and, yeah. and and I think I think Palmer did great. If the system would have been better, I think he would have been better. But he did the best he could with what he had to work with, and that's why I think he brings in someone like a Kitna to let to let to let um, Burrow to sit back and get his feet wet. Do some mop-up duties. Let him t- see how it is. And then he kind of understand what he's getting into and, 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 and work with him. But I think just from snap one and sitting him out there, I just think we're going we're to have another year of going maybe 4-12. and 12, You think? Ooh, no, I, I think... Look, and this is coming from someone who bashes the Bengals all the time. I think this team right now, as is, without Joe Burrow, is 6-7 to seven wins. With Ooh. Andy Dalton at quarterback, I think you add Joe Burrow in. I think he's good for two to three more wins. I think we're... 
I'm not joking. This could be one of those teams that we look at like in years past, like when the Jaguars went 3-13 and and then were a quarter away from getting to a Super Bowl. I'm not predicting the Bengals to be in that situation, but I think we could see a 2-14 and team turn into an 8-9 to win team pretty quickly. Not just because of Joe Burrow, but because of what they just did on the defensive side. I love what they did on the defense. You got the Browns winning the Super Bowl too, right? I, I, uh, I don't know if I can take your your opinion on that. I don't, in fact, I've been pushing that they don't even play next year at all because they should just give the trophy to the Browns. Like I think Baker's already the 2020 MVP. <laughs> there, there you go. I figured I, I figured that's what you'd be saying about your boy. So, all right, Justin, take some take for call. Anytime, Tony. Take care. Yeah. All right. No, he. I man. It's a it's a weird day, Brandon. Whenever I'm having to be the the, the positive one when it comes to this Bengals team, I, I think I love what they did. I love the defense. I wasn't a big fan of the Reader signing at first because I'm like that was like the first signing that they made, and I'm like of all the holes that you have, you added the defensive line, which really wasn't your biggest flaw. I mean, stopping the run was always key, but that's linebacker play too. Secondary was bad. I love Von Bell. I love DJ Reader mixed in with Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins. Sam Hubbard has shown signs. I still think they need a you know. They could, there's still room to improve, but defensively right now, add to some, get some linebackers in the draft. It's a good linebacker draft, okay? And then that offensive line's key. That offensive line, like, let's say it does gel. Like, I like, I mean, if you're going to look at the core right there being in the middle, uh, if you're talking Trey Hopkins and then Jonah Williams there at left tackle, if those two play at a high level, you just need average play from the others. They're drastically good. I'm telling you, eight to nine wins is not that far off for this team. And I got to see what they do in the draft outside of just Joe Burrow because they can all of a sudden be. I'm very high on the Bengals right now, and I can't believe I'm saying that. I really cannot believe I'm actually saying that. Yeah, I think something might be wrong with you. Do you have high I Bengal think I got praise the, today? I, I need to check. I, I just saw that Governor DeWine was on. I need to make sure that new symptoms, like I saw that new symptoms of, the, yeah, of, of COVID 19 around. Mm-hmm. I don't know if some of the new symptoms of COVID 19 include being a delusional Bengals fan, because I sound like a delusional Bengals fan right now, but I, I'm being serious. I love what they did defensively. I really do. I cannot stress enough how much I've loved what they do defense, and they had to. You had to get playmaking secondary guys because you have Ty- Tyron, holy smokes, you have Lamar Jackson, who's not going to beat you down the field with his arm too, too much, but he's an MVP quarterback. He can beat you in multiple different ways. He didn't just win the MVP because he can run fast, right. okay? He won the MVP because he's an efficient player at every level out on the field. Uh, you know, Big Ben Roethlisberger's back. Baker Mayfield's expected to have a big year. You needed good secondary guys, which is why I like that the Bengals are taking that approach. I And they could be having this approach, too, saying, look, yes, we need to bolster up our offense, but defensively we've been bad the last couple of years, and the AFC North has not been that good. The AFC North is going to be really good this year. With Big Ben being back, again, they just missed the playoffs last year by a game with the third-string quarterback. Big Ben's going to make them dramatically better. The Ravens are going to be dramatically better. The Browns are now dramatically better. They, if their defense was historically bad the last two years against an average Browns offense, I mean, last year they were embarrassingly bad considering mm-hmm. all the weapons. Uh, the Steelers were pretty bad considering that they're on the third-string quarterback and you had Lamar Jackson. I'm telling you right now, they made the right decision to go and put veteran secondary guys out there. They needed veteran secondary guys because if not, I'm not talking up Baker too much here, but if Baker has the year he's anticipated to, he's going to dice up your weak secondary. Big Ben will dice up your weak secondary. Lamar Jackson, he's going to dice up, you know, I think he's going to run all over your your middle linebackers right now, but that's something that they could address at the draft. Man, I am sick. I'm talking really high on the Bengals. I just I love what they did because I think they looked at the strength of the division and said, 
look, the Browns' defense isn't the best. The Bengals' defense, uh, the the Steelers' defense isn't as strong as it's been in years past. The Ravens do have a good defense, but they know that everyone in that conference has a strong offense, and that's what they built up for. I like what they did. I really, really do. I like that they're addressing areas that need to be addressed, and I like that they're being aggressive. That's the thing that I really like. They're out there pursuing guys, even guys who they didn't get, like uh, the linebacker who was with Cleveland. What was his name? Oh, Schobert. Schobert. They, they went after him. They, they went tried. after him. And who knows, who's to say they're not done? Exactly. So I just like to see that from the organization, um, organization that Bengals fans like myself have made, has made fun of, just because they haven't been very active in the all season and in free agency. So let me ask you this: You say you're high on the Bengals, maybe or I'm just around, high. Or, one of the <laughs> or two. I'm just high. Or, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> so you say you're saying seven and nine wins, maybe for them. So where do you think they finish in the division? Let's see. The Browns are going to go sixteen and zero, so that's at least <laughs> at least second. I don't, but the sad thing is, this division is pretty good. I think that the I, I I have to say this. I'm not being a hater here. I think the Browns are the second best team in this division right now. I think they have on paper. If they didn't have the bad year that they did last year, I would say they're probably the best team in the division. Mm-hmm. But it is the Browns. They showed that last year talent doesn't matter, so I can't go that far. I do think that the Browns on paper. Uh, no, I can't say that. Their defense is crap. Their defense is ass. I'm straight up. Yeah. You lost Schobert. You lost Kroxy. You, like you're, they're doing nothing to address the defense. They, have they picked up any linebackers no. since? And if they're gonna yeah. like, that's what I love about what the Bengals are doing. And if the Browns, I mean, watch. This will be the year that the Browns click offensively. Yeah. Baker's gonna throw it all over the field. They ain't gonna be able to stop anybody. That's gonna be my concern. And there's like, I I loved what they did right off the bat, getting Hooper and getting those guys. But I would have rather them kept the same offense from last year. And bolster the defense, and then add to the offense trade deadline maybe next off season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not a fan of how the Browns did that. So you know, I'm going to take a step back. I think depending on what the Bengals can do moving forward, if Joe Burrow has a really good rookie year, they could finish second or third in that division. Mm. And I think Pittsburgh, as good as I think they can be, I just don't know what you're getting uh, yeah, with Big Ben. They could be third or fourth. The Browns in, in Pittsburgh will fight for third and fourth, and I honestly, God, I can't believe I'm saying this. No, I can't go there yet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. See, I'm I the love Bengals what the fan, defense and I'm, I'm I love the defense. The I'm scared in the confidence that you have for my team right now. <laughs> well, everyone you're, knows you're how good really, I am at picking out teams. Oh, the Browns yeah. are going to make the playoffs, baby. <laughs> You might have a little psychological thing going on. You're trying to do a little reverse psychology and, you know, say you're hoping the Bengals do good. Well, you just like what they've done all defense. Why, but why, why will they not be good? Why will they know. lose? I don't, like, hmm. I'm not, again, the Bengals aren't a great team right now. But they are so much, they are significantly better. You have veteran players. Like, they were they were throwing trash out there the last couple of years on defense. You have proven veteran players. Like, even if you're just an average defensive team, yeah. you are already significantly better, better than, than the last two mm-hmm. years. Okay? And then Joe Burrow. If he is Joe Burrow, and I'm not expecting the 60-touchdown Heisman-winning oh, yeah. quarterback from LSU, but let's say you can get 18 to 20 22 touchdowns mm-hmm. in that range. When you have Mixon, a former AFC leading, you know, AFC re- leading running back, I'm just saying you have. The, there's no excuse. How you have one of the best running backs in the game. You have one of the best wide receiver duos in the game, and Boyd and, and AJ Green. If he's healthy, by the way, if AJ Green's not healthy and he has another typical year, they're out the window. Yeah. Then I don't give him a shot. Mm-hmm. But a healthy AJ Green with the Joe Burrow, a playmaking quarterback with Boyd, with Mixon, um, and Ross. I think Ross is going. I think Ross has not been able to show his tr- his full capacity yet because he hasn't had a quarterback that has the skill set to match his mm-hmm. skills. 
I think Joe Burrow has the arm to be able to complement what he's able to do downfield. I'm not saying he's a Pro Bowl wide receiver. I'm just saying I think that that's going to be a new element added to the game. Mixon, I think, is going to be solid. That offensive line is what is the is the X factor right there. But defensively, Reader with Atkins with Dunlap, you got to get linebackers. You got to improve in linebacker a little bit. But Von Bell, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I, I like the moves. I just the defense is. I won't believe it until I see a thing kind of thing for me right now, just because of how bad it's been the last two seasons. So I just want to see them out on the field and be able to consistently stop teams, and then maybe I'll have a little bit more confidence. Like I'm always rooting for the, for the Bengals, but I just need to see it first. All right. So the Browns or the Bengals made a splash today, free agency signing Von Bell. Are the Bengals done? Are the Browns done? What are some of the biggest free agents out there remaining? And could the Browns or Bengals pull another rabbit out of the hat? We'll get to that when we come back. More of the Justin Kinner Show next. It's time for some straight talk. You know what a full-court press is in basketball, right? Full defensive coverage with no holes. Well, that's the kind of coverage you get with Straight Talk Wireless. It runs on America's best 4G LTE networks, same as the big carriers, but just for a lot less. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G, saving you up to half the cost of the big carriers. No contract. Full court coverage, half the cost. Straight Talk Wireless, everything for less. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. This is the Frost family. They live on a piece of land they call Reader Pasture. And they work on it behind the wheel of a John Deere 1 Series tractor. With its durable construction and features that hook up to dozens of attachments with ease, no job is too tough. The Frost family runs with us. Because this is more than just land. It's home. Nothing runs like a deer. Get a one series tractor for just $99 per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll free 855 633 2315. Now, back to the Justin Kidder Show, right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. Obi Toppin announced that he potentially win Rookie of the Year next year. Uh, and we'll talk about that with Matt Babcock, NBA draft analyst, coming up here at 415. Uh, excited for that. Also, coming up in Hour 3, we'll talk about the postponement of the Tokyo Summer Games. Uh, of course, the Tokyo Summer Games being moved to 2021. Clayton Murphy, uh, a local product out of uh, Greenville, he's going to be calling in again. Uh, last uh, In 2016, uh, he was able to win a bronze medal in the 800-meter run, of course, in the, in the Rio games. So he's going to call in and we'll talk with him about what it was like hearing the news that the Olympics weren't canceled, they were just postponed, and what does that do for his training regiment? We'll get to all that with him coming up in hour three. Alright, so back to it. Uh, I'm a big fan, as I mentioned, Von Bell signing three-year deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. I love it. Here's why I also love this, too, for the Bengals, is they're being very smart. They, they are spending all of this money at the right time. You have four years of Joe Burrow, assuming they're getting Joe Burrow. I still have to say assuming, even though I'm 90, let's it's the Bengals, 95. I'm 95% sure that the Bengals are taking Joe Burrow. Okay? So with that means you have four years to strike. 
And I like that they did not just sit here flat in this offseason. Let's just get Joe Burrow. Let's just get pieces in the draft. And then let's see what holes we have and then fill it with free agencies next year. Why waste the first year of Joe Burrow? Because I think right now, with the moves that they've made, I think they're in position to win right away. Now, I don't mean win the division. I don't mean win a Super Bowl. But I think that they are capable of winning every game, not winning. You know what I mean. They can win against anyone in the league. I think that they have enough tools on both sides of the ball if Joe Burrow lives up to the hype. Okay, um, But I like that they're going all in. If this is the roster that you have on year one, as long as the Bengals continue this trend and continue to get better and add more pieces over the next four years, the Bengals are in good shape. I like their chances. The Browns, they effed up, man. They, they effed up. I love what they did that year uh, after going 0-16. They brought in a lot of veteran pieces, okay? Um, they brought in Tyrod Taylor with the idea being that, okay, we're going to play him right away. We're going to let Baker sit back and learn. At that time, Hugh Jackson was the, the head coach. I think that Hugh Jackson screwed up because, keep in mind, they did not let Baker Mayfield take any first-team snaps throughout the preseason. That was all Tyrod Taylor. Baker took all of the second- and third-team snaps throughout preseason. Um, so although we would see glimpses of greatness out of Baker in the preseason, we just didn't know exactly how that would you know, reflect with first team. We got to see what that what, what he was capable of. I mean, again, breaking Peyton Manning's rookie total you know, individual season touchdown record that he was able to, uh, to break. Had a very bad year last year. The Browns screwed up in year two. They did a great job in year one with Baker. They did a horrible job in year two. The horrible job, of course, being the fact that, of course, they hire Freddie Kitchens. I think Zach Taylor right now, even with the with as big as a question mark as Freddie as uh, um, Zach Taylor is, I still think that he just has enough intelligence in him, knowing the game the way he does, that he can run a team. Um, and we'll find out this year. But Freddie Kitchens was really kind of what crumbled the whole Baker Mayfield signing right off the bat. But they get two more years with Baker. This is why the Bengals, I think, if you if we did this a, a couple weeks ago, we said which team is set up for for more success moving forward, the Bengals or Browns. I said the Browns easily now it's not so easy the Browns have two years to accomplish what the Bengals have four years to do and right now based on last year I'm not sure how confident I am in the Browns ability to do it talent wise I love what they did this offseason but man Schlemmer said it best until further notice they are still the Cleveland Browns until further notice they're still the Cincinnati Bengals but to be fair when the Bengals have had talent they've won games when the Bengals have had talent they got to the playoffs now we just got to see them get talent so they can win games, so they can get back to the playoffs and put that five straight years of no playoff wins to bed. That's going to be the key. That's really what did in Marvin Lewis, actually not making the playoffs for a few years after the fifth straight playoff appearance and not getting a win and the debacle that was the loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That, you know, was the start. That was the beginning of the end right there. But four five seven nine four six four. I can't believe I'm saying this. My allegiance is still with the Browns, but I do have to say this. I think that the the Bengals are in pretty good shape moving forward as long as they don't screw this draft up, which still isn't that crazy to consider them doing because, well, like I said, they are the Cincinnati Bengals at this point. Um, we'll take a look at some. What are you pulling up over here? Actually, I'll let you kind of bring that on. Brandon, what's up, man? Okay, so I was just on Twitter. Were you? Do yes, your damn job. Get yes, on social media. That's part of it, man. And so Phil Yates, if you don't know, if you guys don't know him, he's a football analyst who works for ESPN, and he this is what he just tw- tweeted out: Over the past five seasons, the Bengals invested a total. A total of $49.98 million on restricted free agents that didn't previously play for the team. This offseason, they've spent $127 million plus 
on such free agents already. It says a new and welcome approach in Cincinnati. That just kind of attests to what we were talking about early. They're being aggressive. They're at least going after guys, even if they're missing. Signing Reader, bringing in guys in the secondary to um, help the team. They're being aggressive this year in the offseason. And it's not just fans who are recognizing that. People who cover league actually see that the Bengals are being active this year. Well, yeah. And see, this was my whole point. And... Look, Lance McAllister in Cincinnati and all them, like, I, I have no beef with them. In fact, you know, Mo Egger and I would get along great. I love Mo. But they were driving me nuts in Cincinnati because they kept painting this picture as if, oh, the media is, is just picking on the Bengals. They're picking on us. Stop picking on us. And I'm like, what do you mean? Get The media is pointing out your flaws. Those flaws are real. Those were not made up flaws. Okay? So my issue with everyone that was being sensitive about the Bengals at the time is you are mad because people are pointing out your flaws. Give the media something good to talk That's about, and say. they will talk about there it. You go. So guess what? The Bengals spending 127 plus million in free agents this offseason alone. I mean, they have spent almost three times the amount in free agency this offseason alone that they did the last five seasons. That's crazy. So guess what? When you do something that is good, guess what happens? People talk about People it. People talk about it. Yep. So that's why I got mad at that crybaby approach from the Cincinnati media trying to paint that picture of, oh, why is everyone always picking on us? Because you're a joke. You were a joke. This is not joke stuff right here. They're kicking ass, man. I'm a big fan of what they're doing. I cannot stress that enough. I'm not flip-flopping here. I react to what's in front of me at that time. I, I hate when people say, oh, you're flip-flopping. No. If the Bengals were doing this the last five years, I would not have had my opinion that was that they were a joke. You spent $50 million total in free agency the last five years. That's an average of $10 million a year. That's an, I mean, those are average players. Yep. You brought in average players, you look and play like an average team. And that's what happened. Now, by the way, if I do want to stick to my hating roots, <laughs> I'm not going to give the Bengals a ton of credit here because I don't think they... Like last year, if things went as planned, they would have won their seven games. Mm -hmm. They would be picking right in the middle. And we'd be talking about them maybe looking at a Jeff Okuda or, uh, a, Just, uh, or a, you know, a Justin Herbert or something along those lines. Was Herbert, whatever. There's still a chance they could end up with Herbert if they do what a lot of people keep saying, and that's so trade back with the Dolphins and yada, yada. I, like, they weren't trying to go 2-14 and 14 last year. No, no, they were just the bad. Yeah, they they were bad. just straight up bad. The Browns tried to go 0-16 a couple years ago. When you start Deshaun Kaiser, <laughs> like... Yeah, the Browns were bad, and I'm not defending them, but they were supposed to be bad. Yep. You, you're coming off a year where you signed Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. You had A.J. Green, who, yes, was hurt, but you just gave big money to, to, to Boyd. You had Mixon, who led the league in, or who led the AFC in rushing the year before. Like, I don't want to, you know, you had Eifert. You brought Eifert back. Like, you brought back veteran, proven Pro Bowl players. There was no excuse to be 2-14 and 14 last year. None. I don't care what anybody says. None. Like, they were just straight up bad, and it's because of bad roster management. So I'm not going to give the Bengals a ton of credit as if they're like the 76ers and the Browns who tanks to get to this point. The Sixers ruined theirs. The Browns, I, I think they, look, they got the two of the top five picks in that draft that year. I'd say the 0-16 year worked out pretty good. They got the quarterback. They, you know, crapped down their leg by taking Denzel Ward with the fourth pick. Uh, so if I'm going to stick to my Bengals hating roots, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to give them too much credit. I mean, you're getting the pick because you're the worst team in the league, but you didn't even try. A lot of teams that are bad are trying. There's people out there thinking that the Patriots are trying to tank their way into getting uh, uh, next year Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence yep. Like, it looks like it. 
It, it, it definitely looks like it. The Dolphins, they shed every possible veteran Pro Bowl player that they had last year. Why? To position themselves to get a high draft pick. The Bengals didn't position themselves to get a top draft pick. They just straight up sucked because of poor roster management and decision-making from the top. So that's why some Bengals fans are worried about this team. So there, I'm being consistent with my old roots. Okay, <laughs> I, I pointed out the good. I do feel good, uh, but nonetheless. All right, uh, we didn't get to this. I'm going to get to this on the other side. The top remaining free agents. There's a lot of cornerbacks. There's no excuse, Browns. There's even a linebacker in here that I like. There's a big-time defensive uh, defensive line player in here. There's no excuse, Browns. You're on the clock. I was making fun of the Bengals saying, hey, you need to react. You pay attention to what the Browns are doing. Now I'm looking at the Browns and saying, hey, you need to pay attention to what the Bengals are doing. By the way, one more time, $127 million the Bengals have spent this offseason. Kudos to them. Hour two of the Justin Kinner Show coming up next. Nights of frozen folded eggs and barely there bake in America because Wendy's is now serving up breakfast and it's going to be America's favorite. They just don't know it. These are a few of my favorite things. We're talking freshly cracked eggs, oven cooked bacon. How did I even do mornings before this breakfast goodness? Come into Wendy's to try our new breakfast baconator, the Frosty Chino and the Honey Butter Chicken Biscuit. See you in the morning. You up for this? Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Hey, are you just going to stand there and let people not give you credit for being a good driver? You deserve discounts on car insurance, and that's what Snapshot from Progressive is for. So why aren't you signing up? You show live here on ESPN Dayton. <laughs> Two of the Justin Kinner Show. We are back and rolling right here on Dayton's ESPN Radio, 1410 Wing AM. We'll be joined shortly coming up at 415. Matt Babcock, NBA, uh, NBA draft analyst, with Obi Toppin announcing that he will forgo the remainder of his college eligibility and enter the NBA draft here in 2020. We're going to talk a little NBA draft with Matt Babcock, NBA draft analyst, coming up here in just about 10 minutes. Uh, again, we'll talk about what did, I mean, where could we potentially see Obi Toppin end up? How high of a draft pick could he be? What are the chances that maybe teams kind of tinker with the idea of taking him number one overall? And the coronavirus with COVID-19 and all the precautions being taken and without the individual workouts and the NBA combine and those things, will that impact? How will that impact Obi Toppin? Because I think if you get Obi Toppin in those combines, I think if you get Obi Toppin in those individual workouts, I think you could potentially be talking about some teams being willing to maybe take him number one over a James Wiseman out of Memphis, who really you got to see James Wiseman, what, Brandon, like two games? I mean, yeah, if that, like he played one game, then got that suspension, and mm -hmm. then Memphis coach, you know, Hardaway said, you know what, we're going to keep playing him anyways. I, I think he only played in November. He played less than a handful of games. Yeah, I uh, think it might have been three at the most. See, this is where that could hurt him. James Wiseman, if he played the rest of the year and Memphis had a good year, I mean, you, we could have been talking about San Diego State, Dayton, and Memphis, top three teams in the country, like in all reality, because that's where Memphis was being projected to be a team that could have been a top ten, I mean, top five team if they could have kept everything together. Now, other guys, I don't know if it's because mentally everyone checked out after the James Wiseman mm -hmm. situation happened and, or what, but I would have loved to see what Memphis would have looked like if they would have been able to keep him. But Wiseman 
being projected to be the number one NBA draft pick right now out of Memphis. Obi anywhere between, I'm seeing five back to seven mm-hmm. for some. I think Obi can really move up. I think his explosiveness, I think his highlight reels and stuff, I know it's all about skill, but this isn't that strong of a draft. And I think Obi has more of a name brand than anyone else outside of LaMelo Ball. I think Melo's the only one that I, I think Melo could probably go number one overall just based on need. I want to see Obi Toppin end up with the Golden State Warriors. With the Warriors? The Warriors. I mean, and they could potentially have that number one pick right now. I mean, and that's the thing. So the Warriors, there. I think they're about to embark on a, on a potential next dynasty, not because of Obi Toppin or whoever right. they take. They may not even trade That'd that number healthy. one pick. Yeah. They they want Giannis. They might look at, they might look at Milwaukee <laughs> and say, hey, you want Obi. Or not Obi, I'm sorry. You want number one pick. It's yours. Uh, don't be surprised. Because I think the Warriors are going to go hard after a big-name free agency. And it's the same team. This team, minus Kevin Durant, they've won an NBA championship before. All right? This is the same team that won 70-plus games the next year, the year before Kevin Durant got there, and they went you know, on to win two of the next three NBA titles. So I think the Warriors are in good shape. I don't think that they may not draft anybody with their top pick. They might trade back and and, and use that to uh, potentially get another star. Who knows? So that could be something to keep an eye on. Uh, but I do think if they do keep their pick, uh, I would love to see Obi w- with Golden State, other than the fact that he's going to be on the West Coast and mm-hmm. you have to stay up late to watch him every night. But I'm watching him right now. Channel 2 highlights right now of him right now. Unbelievable. Imagine it, because like he does so well in, open fl- in the open yeah. floor. And when you talk about spacing in the league, there is no better team that has that has spacing like the Golden State Warriors. When you have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, and you split them on two di- two different sides of the floor, you're stretching the defense because you. I mean, those guys knock down threes even contested. So the defense is going to be so focused on them. Draymond Green's a proven big down low. I love. Obi Toppin, power forward for them, maybe a stretch three. Who knows? I let his ball handling needs to get a little better, mm-hmm. but I, I love Obi Toppin with the Warriors, man. I would love to see. I mean, you imagine him the spacing. He would, he's a walking highlight reel because the defenses will be so focused on the shooters on the perimeter. So that's what I'm thinking. I didn't even think about that possibility yet, but now that you say it, him and that system. First of all, they like to move the ball around. Um, a lot of the bigs get open easy dives to the rim because you have Stay, Steph, and Clay out there on the perimeter. And then you have Draymond. He's unselfish, and he's a big. You could have play, you know, big to big ball with Toppin and Draymond because he can handle the ball as well. Yep. That would be a great fit. I just think him in that organization would be not just benefit him, but benefit the team as well. Yeah, so OB to Golden State, I like that. Not not as a fan, because, you know, Cavs fans still hate the Warriors, but... I don't but, want him to go to Cleveland. But that would look good. Oh, yeah, because it's not, it's, I don't think it's it's nothing there They'll for ruin him. him. They won't maximize him. They'll ruin him. They'll actually maybe waste the talent, you know. I don't like teams that, like, you got to coach up and build talent. Like, Obi's going to need coaching, like, still. Obi came, in, came into this season as a... Uh, as an early second round projected mm-hmm. pick, and now we're talking about him potentially as you know high as top five, top ten for sure. So I'm looking at this like you still even the best players need coaching. Like Zion needed good coaching. Oh, yeah. Like it's not like Zion just walked on the floor and was just all of a sudden dominant in the NBA. It was about spacing. It was about putting him in position. Cleveland doesn't do that. Like they didn't. They've never done that. And the coach that tried, the coaches didn't like to be told what the, the players didn't like to be told what to do. So they moved on from him. Um, I don't know. I like, but self. I mean, Cap, uh, UD fans are probably going to want him in Cleveland because he's easily accessible, just a couple hours down the road. Yeah. You know. But for me, if you want to see Obi have a you know have a long career and i'm not saying that he for sure will be a flop if he goes mm-hmm. to cleveland but i don't his chances of surviving in the nba long term wouldn't be good if they go there and ruin him 
I think Steve Kerr, that organization, the Warriors, I think he would thrive over there. I saw Minnesota, too. Minnesota, Minnesota yeah. One. I saw um, the Hawks. It kind of intrigued me just apparently Play with Trey Young. Young. Yeah, that'd be fun, uh -huh. man. That uh, Trey Young and him, Trey Young, but Trey Young very similar, could shoot the long ball. But I mean, he garners so much attention defensively. They would need one more second. They would need another yeah, star no, to take the. Pre I don't mm -hmm. think Obi could be the number two guy right away in the NBA. I don't know what his long term NBA status is, but. Yeah, let's talk about that. We're going to talk about that with Matt Babcock coming up next. He's an NBA draft analyst with Babcock Hoops. Again, used to work with ESPN and a contributor for Sports Illustrated. He joins us next right here on the Justin Kinner Show. Let's talk Obi Toppin to the NBA when we come back. Do you have standing water, a wet basement, or water in your heat ducts? Hi, this is Jeff Heil from Buckeye Landscaping and Ohio Irrigation and Drainage. At Ohio Irrigation, we have a solution to end your drainage problems. We provide a free custom design and estimate to meet the needs of your home and keep you worry-free when it rains. Call Buckeye Landscaping, Ohio Irrigation, 432-9911, or visit our website, buckeyeandohio.32-9911. Stop worrying. Call for a free estimate today. Back to the Justin Kinner Show, right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. Brandon had to inform me that I keep saying Von Miller, by the way. Yes, Von, Von Bell. Bell. You know, I, I can't give the Bengals too much credit. I mean, it, it, it is only Von Bell. It's not Von Miller. It's only Von Bell. So, you know, there we go. I didn't even realize I said Von Miller earlier. So I said Von Miller during the commercial break. I'm like, crap, I hope I haven't been saying that too many times. But I think we're good. Box up on it, and then they share graphics like they just did on SportsCenter and others. Hey, $127 million. The Bengals are going all in. Good for them. We'll get back to that coming up in just a moment. Uh, but let's talk a little NBA. I know we've talked a lot of NFL draft coming up around the corner. The NBA draft, yes, I know. The NBA draft. Draft. Let's talk about it because now it's relevant here locally after Obi Toppin earlier announced that he will forgo his remaining college eligibility uh, at Dayton, of course, and he's going to enter the 2020 NBA draft. And joining us now, NBA draft analyst Matt Babcock joining us here on the Justin Kinner Show. Matt, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, look, right away, I didn't really have NBA draft uh, on my mind, but when Obi announced that he was going, which is no surprise, by the way, it was a little fun to sit back and begin looking at some of the mock drafts. I'm, I have yours pulled up here uh, in the studio. You have Obi going number three in your latest mock draft to the Timberwolves. You have James Wiseman, number one, to the Warriors. In your opinion, what is the gap between James Wiseman and Obi Toppin, and what's the ceiling for Obi Toppin? Could he be a potential number one pick? You know, this year's pretty interesting with, uh, with with the prospects in the draft. I think there's a lot of parity. Um, I, I don't necessarily think there's much of a difference uh, in talent and, and upside between Wiseman, Edwards, and, and, uh, and Obi. Um, it's just going to, you know, I think a lot of it's going to depend on, you know, who's picking where and sort of team needs. And, I mean, if, if Golden State were, were to actually pick number one, I think Obi will be an option for them. Um, I just kind of thought, you know, if they were to take him, they'd, they'd go a little bit more extreme small ball. You know, you know, as they already have Draymond Green as an undersized power forward, and uh, Wiseman seemed like a little bit better fit for for that. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big Obi fan. Obviously, he had a terrific year, and yeah, he uh, he's going to be on the board for probably all of the picks. Matt, now I can't, I should know this. Did have the Warriors have they extended Draymond yet? Did he get his big contract yet? Um, I'm not certain. I think he uh, did. I'm, the only reason I ask is because I'm curious. The the you know, are they? 
Look, they could be married to him long term. They might have already extended him, and then this conversation's meaningless. I only ask that because of Obi's purposes. For me personally, I just like when I'm looking at the teams there at the top that Obi could potentially land with. I would love to see him, obviously, with you know Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, mainly because we know how dominant Obi Toppin could be in the open floor. And when you talk about spacing, when you got Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, you know, spreading the floor like that, Obi would have so much room to work with. Obviously, James Wiseman would too. Uh, but that's why I asked about the Warriors, and you alluded to Draymond already. Yeah, no, sure. And then, I mean, the other picks after that, I mean, Cleveland, uh, you know, I mean, I think he'll be in consideration there, too. And, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards has got a ton of upside, so, you know, I went with him. But each one of these, uh, you know, first few picks, I mean, it was a tough decision. And then Obi's in the mix, uh, at least, you know, my, from my perspective. LaMelo Ball, too, another interesting name, obviously playing overseas, uh, not playing in college this year. His name very well known, obviously. You know, his dad, the reality, well, I should say the Facebook reality show, and his brother playing in the NBA. I mean, we've all heard about the Ball family. LaMelo Ball has dropped in a lot of mock drafts over the last couple months. Uh, I mean, what's his ceiling? You have him going number five to the Pistons. Yeah, no, with Lamelo, um, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying before, you know, I think there is some parity towards the top of the draft. Um, I, I've got seven guys currently in, in my first tier. He, he's included in that. Um, you know, I, I think you know, a team looking for a point guard. I mean, he's, he's probably going to be the first guy taken. Uh, just not every team is, is going to be looking for a point guard. As a lot of teams have committed to, to younger guys, and um, you know, it'd be hard to add in another guy like Lamelo. NBA draft analyst Matt Babcock with us here uh, from Babcock Hoops. Uh, good enough to join us here on the Justin Kinner Show. Now, this is interesting. The NBA draft, uh, I mean, have you heard any word? I mean, are we still on for the regular scheduled draft? I doubt it with regular season potentially being picked up in June. With the coronavirus, you know, precautions being taken, no individual workouts, potentially no combine, could that, who does who that impact the most in your opinion? Could that hurt players by not being able to have those workouts? Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, you know, it was, with Obi Toppin specifically, I don't think it's going to affect him much. I mean, you know, he had such a big stage this year with that, you know, how, how successful their team was. Uh, I think everybody knows him. I think more for younger guys that are on the fringe of, hey, do I, do I stay in the draft? Do I go back to school? I'm not sure those kind of guys are going to get as much feedback as they would like to feel comfortable in staying. So, um, you know, theoretically, I, I could see a lot of underclassmen going back. Uh, you know, with the difference in, in the pre-draft process. And, um, you know, take that even further, you know, sort of what we're expecting is the NBA is going to do everything they can to get the playoffs played this year. And so with that said, if that's going to happen in June or July, naturally the draft and free agency would need to be moved back. And, um, yeah, we're all kind of just in a wait-and-see mode right now. You know, it's interesting. We're hearing a lot of, of course, the, for the NCAA in the spring sports, um, you know, there's a lot of talk. Uh, not a lot of talk. I mean, we're pretty much going to see those seniors get that extended year of eligibility because missing out on this year. Somehow, and I'm, not, I'm against this completely. I'm not a fan. I don't think it'll happen. Winter sports, winter tournament teams potentially getting that extra year of eligibility. Could you see that impacting the draft at all if for, um, for some reason that they go ahead and approve that where they would get that extra year of eligibility? Yeah, that'd probably affect things a little bit. I, uh, I, I don't see that being realistic. I mean, you know, there's the, the ripple effect of that with college basketball would be, would be pretty major. I mean, just think about it from, from a standpoint of like a junior that's playing behind a senior this year. They play a full regular season and now all of a sudden their senior year's coming up and it's their time to shine and that senior's coming back. You know, and it's just, that's just one example of the ripple effect it, it would cause. And I just, I just don't see it, see it happen. So I think it's probably a moot point. 
Last thing on this, and, and we'll let you go. We appreciate you joining us just to give us a little insight on, on the ceiling for Obi Toppin. Obi coming in to this season, project, you know, maybe a, a early second round, late first round pick uh, for him to skyrocket. You know, when did he really get on your radar as far as, you know, noticing that his draft stock was just continuing to increase? Did it start all the way back in Maui? I mean, when did he really get on your radar as a guy just continuing to climb up those draft boards? Sorry, cut out there for a second. You're asking about Obi. Yes, I'm sorry. So, at what point coming into the season, projected to be you know an early second round, late first round pick, uh, and then just having the the year that he did, obviously an Associated Press Player of the Year. At what point for you did he begin moving up your draft board? Yeah, so I I liked Obi a lot last year. Um, you know, obviously not the the level he's at now, but I, I was very intrigued with him. We did some video breakdowns of him over the summer, um, and. You know, I, I went into Maui. I had him, I, if I remember correctly, I had him at number 13 on my mock draft, which was significantly higher than he was anywhere else. And so I was sort of putting, putting my neck on the line for him. And, uh, you know, he, he, he came through for me. And, you know, I, I've just been I've been high on him from, from the beginning of the year. And he's just, uh, you know, he, he hasn't slowed down one bit, you know, the whole season. It was just such a terrific season to watch. And uh, not even just as an NBA draft analyst, but as a fan. I mean, what, what an exciting player and an exciting team for that matter. Matt, one more thing, and then I'll let you go. Uh, obviously, Obi Toppin was the, the face of the Flyers program this year, but Jalen Crutcher really has kind of got on a lot of people's radar, not maybe for this year's NBA draft, but in watching Obi, did Jalen Crutcher catch your eye at all? Have you had a chance to break down his film to get a good feel for what his potential NBA future could be? Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, just in Maui alone. I mean, I watched him three days in a row, and uh, I also saw them play in, uh, in Phoenix at a, at a doubleheader. And oh, yes. uh, I mean, so I know their team well. And yeah, I mean, he's, he was a big part of their success this year. I, um, you know, I, I don't know if he's necessarily a surefire NBA prospect, um, but I mean, he's he's doing some good things. And um, you know, I mean, I really loved watching their team. And you know, to have such a you know star like Obi, you know, that team did not feed Obi constantly. I mean, it was a it was a very well balanced uh, team, and they all played the right way and played hard and played aggressive and took good shots and. Um, yeah, Anthony Grant's got a good thing going on there. Absolutely. All right, Matt Babcock uh, with Babcock Hoops. Good enough to join us, NBA draft analyst, talking all things Obi Toppin at this point. Obi Toppin foregoing his remaining college eligibility, declaring for the NBA draft earlier this afternoon to the surprise of nobody. But now we get to have fun taking a look at where he could end up. Matt, thanks so much for your time. Tell everyone about Babcock Hoops, where they could follow you on Twitter and get all of your content. Yeah, no, thanks. It, uh, you can follow me, uh, my personal account at Matt Babcock 11, uh, also at Babcock Hoops, and then our website, BabcockHoops.com. Uh, you know, obviously not any, any more live play, but we're going to be continuing watching film and talking to people behind, behind the scenes and, and, and pumping out some, uh, some content on the draft. So, yeah, please, please follow us. All right, good stuff. Matt, thanks so much for your time, man. Enjoy the rest of your week and stay safe. Thanks, you too. All right, great stuff there. Again, uh, we don't talk a ton of NBA, but I do believe... Look, here's the deal. I think NBA and and Brandon... This part's interesting to me. Like when we talk NBA, we don't talk particular teams. Like when the Cavs were good, we weren't talking Cavs. We were talking LeBron. Um, When the Lakers are good, which they are now, we're not really talking Lakers. We're talking LeBron because... You know, the like if we do talk Lakers, that's because that's where LeBron is. If we talk Pistons, it's not that we care about the Pistons. It's because we're following what Luke Kennard's doing over there. So, I feel like that's what's going to happen here. We don't spend a ton of time on the NBA, but Obi Toppin might change that a little bit. Yeah, so. it's a very uh, player-driven league, star-driven league. The big names really make the league and you know help drive the revenue. So, if Obi goes to the NBA, makes a splash. We'll definitely be talking about the NBA a lot more around here. How about this? If you look at the top ten in Matt Babcock and his latest uh, mock draft, I don't see no. There's no Kentucky. There's no Duke. There's no Kansas. I don't even see Kansas on here. 
Do you? No. No, I, you know, and I've seen multiple mock drafts. This is all very similar. I mean, a lot of these names are very similar. Um, Let's see one Duke uh, where in Vernon top ten. Carey, oh, top ten. No, in top no, ten. He's 12, just no. he's number twelve. Yep. Like this was this right here is a true reflection of what this year actually was. James Wiseman at Memphis, Anthony Edwards at Georgia. Now Georgia's an SEC school, mm-hmm. but they're not your traditional power basketball wise. Um, I'm not even going to try and pronounce uh, <laughs> Anukia's name uh, out of USC, but you know we've seen a lot of NBA guys come out of USC. Um, you know a couple foreign players there, Auburn. Uh, Okoro out of Auburn there, Vanderbilt and, and Aaron Nesmith. So, again, there's the talent's there. This is not the deepest draft, but it's, you know, I'm interested. By the way, the big guy, Azabuki, is he, what's his story? Is he coming out? He should be. I think he's a senior, so I think he's has to come out. Now, I don't want, I mean, he may not be a pro prospect, but he's such a big body. And I thought Azabuki was a, no, I don't think he's a senior. Look that up. Okay, let me look, look it up. It up. Yeah. All right, folks, good stuff there. Obi Toppin earlier today announcing that he will forgo his uh, remaining college eligibility. We entering and declaring for the NBA draft. He did that earlier this afternoon. No surprise for anybody. It, it still has not sunk in that we've seen the last of Obi Toppin in a Flyers uniform, but uh, we're always going to have the memories of this year. We're always going to have the pain of the what-if question of what could have happened had he got to play in the NCAA tournament. Um, but the thing is, like, Maui was his NCAA tournament. Like, folks, like, that's the thing. Like, let's be honest. We wanted the NCAA tournament, yes, because we thought this team was good enough to get to the Final Four, potentially win a national championship. Good enough to get to a Sweet 16 for sure. Fi- you know, Elite Eight, definitely. Okay? That was never in doubt. Like, we just wanted that because that was fun. Obi Toppin, like, a lot of times, like last year, John Morant needed the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. to skyrocket. If he didn't make the NCAA tournament last year, maybe he increases his stock in the combine and some of the, you know, individual workouts. But it was the, the couple games that, you know, they were able to win, Murray was able to win in the NCAA tournament that really just kind of elevated him. We see that happen all the time where the stars are elevated because of the NCAA tournament. Steph Curry is a prime example oh, yeah. of that. Obi Toppin is top five in everyone's mock drafts right now, and the dude... Never played one game. That's sad, too, by the way. He didn't play one game in the NCAA tournament. Sad. I just realized that. Like, we know this year, but, like, man, the maybe one saying. of the best flyers ever, and I don't want to get into who's the greatest flyer ever, but he's, his name's there. He never played one game in the NCAA tournament. Number three team. Didn't play one game in the NCAA tournament. Man, that's when you start, you know, peeling it back a little bit. But that's the thing. He didn't need the NCAA tournament. Maui did it. Like his stock, I mean, he all he had to do was sustain. All he had to do was just sustain what he did in Maui, and, and he, he did, did that. Yep. He did that. And sure, you have like the Iowa people who are just livid right now. I'm watching that on on social media. Man, I'm, that's crazy. entertaining. Is <laughs> that Luca Garza and his following? And Garza is very deserving of any of the awards that Obi's getting as well. I just think that Obi, you know, uh, there's no doubt about Obi. I don't think like Obi didn't need to play anybody to be somebody. Uh, but again, doing performing the way he did against. Uh, obviously, Kansas in the Maui in the title game, doing what he did against Virginia Tech, doing what he did against Georgia. We got to see against Colorado. We got to see Obi be Obi against the best teams in the country. You know, obviously high major teams in the country, and and obviously against the A10, and no one can stop him. Not one team can stop him this year. Um, so I'm excited to see where he goes in the draft. But like I said, a lot of times these players in college they need the NCAA tournament to put on a show to get on the radar of, of NBA draft. You know, guys. Obi, he's fine. He didn't. He, he did not need one game. That's the thing. Obi did not need one game. I mean, that's what uh, is another selling point for UD as far as recruiting is concerned. Look, as good as Obi Toppin was, he's going to potentially be picked. Not one, maybe one. I don't know, but I think if there's a shakeup at the top, maybe one, two, three, four, five. He's going to go top five 
coming out of the A-10, coming out of the Flyers program, and he didn't have to play one second in the NCAA tournament to get on people's radar. That, to me, is strong. Because there's not a lot of middle, there's not a lot of A-10s, and there's not a lot of those, you know, mid-major programs that can have a player not play in the NCAA tournament and not be a household name across the country. I'm not saying Obi's household, mm-hmm. but he's as close as. I mean, look not at Zion, but he's right. up there. I mean, he had that, not the Zion appeal quite, but he was much CTV. Just how people wanted to watch Zion last year, if Obi had the opportunity to play in the tournament, people would have been tuning in. Exactly. Because Dayton was a good team, but to see Obi put on a show, just like he did against George Washington. Um, and, but you were talking about players who need the tournament to help them boost their draft stock. Look at a guy like C.J. McCollum. He was at Lehigh. They beat Duke in the tournament. Everybody sees him put on a show. And now look at him. He gets drafted by Norris. Portland becomes a star. Yep. Norris Cole? Norris Cole. Did his thing Cleveland State. So, just something to think about. But again, we will uh, just be following. We're just going to be keeping an eye on some NBA mock drafts as we get closer to that. Again, it's going to be a while because I think that's going to be put. If the season resumes in May or June, the draft won't. The draft be. won't be yeah. then. It's going to you know, it'll be clearly later. I mean, we're talking about NBA potentially. I read today. Uh, the NBA Finals could potentially no. What was today? Yeah, Chris, like during Christmas, like potentially pushing it back the that finals. far. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that can't happen. That ain't going to happen. No, no. That's ridiculous. I mean, I read two different because articles today. It was All it was is it was just a list of all the possibilities, possibilities. of oh, trying okay. to get this season in. Right. But you can't, you can't bend that far for this season to where it starts bleeding into next season. Like, yeah. eventually there needs – like, I think the NBA – I mean, Silver's so intelligent and smart. I think in their heads, and they haven't told media or anybody yet, I think that there is a – a date in mind that if we can't get the games in by this date, we're just pulling yeah, the plug on this year. So. They're not going to announce it. I don't know what that date could be, uh, but I don't believe you can. You cannot share the spotlight with football. You can't. Mm-hmm. Like Sunday, they, football will win every time. College football on Saturday will beat NBA playoffs. MB, er, NFL Sundays will beat NBA playoffs. And the finals might... Again, you'd only run into fi- – but the point is the finals might kind of flirt with it a bit. Mm-hmm. But, again, if you're the finals, you should own that, and you're not guaranteed that. So, again, you've got to be very careful if you're the NBA. You don't want to force a, you know, uh, you know, what's that saying, the square peg in the round hole? Yeah. There we go. I should have just went with it and <laughs> lacked confidence there. All right, more of the Justin Kinner Show when we come back. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, who's the greatest of all time? For my money, it's Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle. It literally saves – you money, gentlemen. Your thoughts? Look, it's simple. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. And for the heroes, take away the zeros. And what you got? One big trophy of me saying, I told you so. I disagree. Thanks, fellas. Took the words right out of my mouth. There's really no debate. Progressive Home and Auto Bundle is a winning combination. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all stages situations. At Indeed, we believe a resume is a great way to see an overview of a candidate. But you're not hiring a resume. You're hiring a person. That's why Indeed offers tools that help bridge the gap between a candidate and the resume. Like skill tests, which let you actually see a candidate's abilities in action. There's a lot going on right now, and more than ever, people need their tax refund. H&R Block has many ways to do your taxes as safely as possible. Work with the tax pro remotely, drop off, or file online. Block is always here to help. To the Justin Kinner Show, right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. Matt Babcock with Sports Illustrated, NBA draft analyst, Babcock Hoops. Good enough to join us here. His latest bracket, or not bracketology. See, I still got March on the brain still, folks. I apologize for that. But no, his latest mock draft, the NBA draft. Now, again, 
People don't get mad. I know people get all NBA. Are you serious? Relax. This is more of an Obi Toppin, Dayton Flyers discussion. It just has time. Like, that's that's bad, folks. Like, I get it. You have LeBron James, you're a title contender. You lose LeBron James, you're number one, number two overall pick every year. Like, to me, that's piss-poor management because, to me, what that's saying is, is like, oh, if we don't have LeBron, we're just not even going to try. And that's what that says. Like, you can't put a team together just because you don't have LeBron. I'm not saying that Cleveland could put a title team together easily, but it's the damn Eastern Conference. So for you to be the worst team in the NBA every year that does not have LeBron on the roster, that's horrible. Like, you're drafting the best players out of the out of college every year, and you still can't win games. That's a problem. You can't get free agents to come to you? Great. If you're drafting the best players coming out of college, eventually they have to gel and mesh, right? Well, no, because you can't keep a damn coach. The Cleveland's a horrible organization. The Cavaliers are a disgusting organization. I can't stand them. I can't say, like, you know, it was great. It was fun when LeBron was there. It was, a, it was a blast. But let's be honest, folks. I don't think any of you out there are diehard Cavs fans outside of uh, Brandon over here. Let me guess. You're a diehard Cavs fan, aren't you? I wouldn't say diehard, but that's my team. I root for them. It's just... Why? They're, they're, why? I just want to know all, why. All Ohio guys, for real. I, I like the Ohio and team. That is not a good enough reason. I need to know why. I, like, you, you hate yourself. It's no reason. It's no reason to stay loyal to the Cavs, actually, but... <laughs> Somehow I do it. You know, people are like, oh, what do you mean? They, he won a championship. This was my argument about the Bengals, too, mm-hmm. by the way, because everyone's like, oh, they made five straight playoff appearances. That's great. The Cavaliers won an NBA championship, and they're still looked at as the biggest joke in the NBA. And I don't just mean, like, because of their bad record. I just mean it didn't change the perception of the organization. No one respects the Cavs organization. Like, the Boston Celtics have not won a title since Kevin Garnett and Ray mm-hmm. Allen and Paul Pierce, but they're still, even on bad years, a well-respected organization. And the Cavs have done more than... I, if you look at the last 10 years, the Cavs have embarrassed the Celtics with how much success that they have had, getting to four straight or five straight finals or four straight finals and winning a title. The Celtics haven't done that in over 10 years now. And yet, they are still a million times more respected than the Cavaliers. So I love when people try to bring up, oh, well, we made it to the playoffs this year. Sometimes winning, I know we always say winning heals everything. Winning does not always heal and cure everything. Because sometimes you just are who you are. Like, I'm poor. I could win the lottery and have a lot of money. It doesn't make me rich. It just means that I won the lottery and have a lot of money for a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying with the Cavaliers. Like, I can't stand them. Yeah, now, they're making me talk NBA right now, too. That's the other part of the problem I have. Yeah, that just shows you. That reflects on the organization. When LeBron's there, title contenders are basically in the Easter Conference guaranteed a trip to the finals every year. But both times he left, weren't prepared. I could see the first time, okay, maybe you really didn't think LeBron was leaving. But after the second time, you have to set yourself up to not only be successful while he's there, but after he leaves. And the Cavs clearly haven't done that. All right, folks, but good stuff. But yeah, Obi Top in top three. I think he... Like James Wiseman, I'm not going to sit here and act like I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a James Wiseman aficionado, but I have a hard time believing that the gap between Wiseman and Toppin is significant enough to say that Toppin has no chance of being picked number one overall. Um, we saw Anthony Edwards and Obi Toppin go head to head this year in Georgia against mm-hmm. uh, Dayton and, and Maui. Obviously, Dayton and Obi got the best of you know Edwards and Georgia there. Um, he did not have a good game against UD. He had a really good game the next night. Who they played? Oh, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I think Georgia played Michigan State, right? Who? Either way, regardless, he ended up. I can't remember who they played, but he ended up having a really good night the next night because everyone was saying, "Oh, if that guy showed up the night before. It would have been a different story." But they have Anthony Edwards going number two to the Cavs. He screams Cleveland, so good for him. But James Wiseman to the Warriors. I want Obi to the Warriors. I think that would be that'd be clutch. That'd be clutch. I think Obi would thrive there. I'm still. Do we ever find out if? 
I can't remember if Draymond. I don't know if Draymond ever got that. He extension. did, uh, he did. Uh, last last offseason. He got four years, a hundred million. Yeah, he was able to be. But the thing is, he was able to be Draymond because no one was paying attention to him. Like Draymond's not a number one guy. I don't even think he's a number two guy. I think that he's like, who's better? If huh, it's going to be him. But Draymond Green or Tristan Thompson? Draymond, I guess. But if Tristan was in the same position as Draymond was, how much worse or better would the Warriors have been? I'm not convinced that Draymond is that. I mean, I think he has benefited from being under the umbrella of the Warriors organization, being Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. But I think people, what we can't do is fall in the trap of forgetting what they accomplished before Kevin Durant got there. But uh, no, I'm just saying, like Kevin Durant, Tr- or I'm sorry, Tristan Thompson, and and him obviously, and Draymond, but they just played. They just had two different roles. Draymond's I think Draymond better. I just worked in that system, but the impact Tristan had, especially when you had LeBron there, and they were making those that, runs. That well, Delavadova year. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Delavadova was. Well, the Tristan man. got that sick money because he went like he had those twenty Offensive rebounds. Boards, man, he hits the glass. And he that, had like two twenty rebound nights in the finals mm-hmm. that year. That really the Cavs should have been swept, and they were able to get two games. Mm-hmm. I think they went six, uh, but Tristan got his money because he earned it in those couple games in the finals, but he never, we've never, we haven't seen that from him again since then. So my point is the Warriors, I'd love to see Obi there, but uh, again, Matt brings up a good point. When you look at, they have Draymond there. You're, he's already going to fill the lane. Draymond's not a true center. They want to play small, as small as possible, but to be honest, uh, I can't go there yet, but Obi, let's say Obi develops in the NBA. I think Obi could be better than Draymond from the perspective, from like Obi could run the floor. So if you're having to pick between being married to Draymond long-term or drafting Obi and then using Draymond to trade away to get pieces back or to get maybe additional draft picks, it's not a terrible idea. But you don't see a lot of trades in the NBA draft. You don't see a lot of Like in the NFL, you see it all the time. You mm-hmm. don't see a lot of that in the NBA. Yeah, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have, happen don't as see often. It's some like, draft night trades, but it's not as often as it is because it's seven rounds in the NFL, only two in the NBA. So it's, it's a little different in that regard. All right, enough of that. We're done. We're done. We're done with the NFL talk, or NBA talk. We're definitely not done with the NFL talk. Uh, I'm excited. Thanks to, again, Matt Babcock again. I'm excited. Coming up in Hour 3, Clayton Murphy. Uh, Again, we're going to talk with him. Uh, He's, again, a Greenville native, USA track athlete, won a bronze medal uh, in the 800-meter run back in 2016 at the Rio Games. Uh, He was supposed to be competing in the 2020 Tokyo Games coming up, but, again, the postponement of that to 2021. From Greenville, right now he's, you know, working out and and uh, over in the on the west coast over in Oregon so we're going to talk and, and catch up with him coming up at 5:30. I'm curious what you know being an Olympic athlete what were his thoughts on this being postponed versus being canceled postponed is better but I'm curious like what does that do for the next year for your training regimen and stuff so I'm excited to talk with him coming up at 5:30. He was highlighted on uh, WDTN last night. Uh, you know Hutch Connerman did a good job with that piece and I'm excited to talk with Clayton Murphy coming up here around the corner. All right. The Justin Kenner Show, we will return in just a few moments. Don't go anywhere. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, but today hiring can be easy and you only have to go one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, try ZipRecruiter for free. My listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Will. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash W-I-L-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash Will. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
where Allstate agents and employees go to work every day. Their number one priority is protecting what matters most to you. For military veterans, that instinct to protect also comes naturally. No wonder thousands of veterans build good careers with Allstate. And now... Mike, what are you doing? I'm getting ready for Drive One Car and Truck Spring Sale. That sounds great, but why are you revving your car up like that? Well, they say if you ain't first, you're last. And I want to get those deals before they're gone. Drive One has two locations in Springfield. One lot with pickup trucks and large SUVs, and the other with cars and crossovers. Check them out on Facebook and see all the great things people say. They service and back their cars with a limited powertrain warranty for six months. They do things the right way. And online at Drive One Car and Truck. Dot com. Just because there are no BN date, 1410, wing AM. It was the only thing that made, like, the Lakers, he still doesn't look good in a Laker jersey. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't think Tom Brady looks good in a Bucks jersey. But, like, we always just thought LeBron would gravitate towards New York. I... Tom Brady, anywhere else, like, there was no other place that made sense for him. Maybe in New York... Not the Jets. I mean, we did see Brett Favre go to the Jets. We also saw him go to the Vikings. We saw him kind of bounce around. Um, I thought the Cowboys, if the Cowboys weren't so married in this mess with Dak Prescott, I thought maybe the Cowboys made a little sense just from an organization standpoint, playing indoors. Mm -hmm. But no, like there really was no... like this. Like a year ago, if I would have said, okay, if Tom Brady's not a New England Patriot, where do I think he would end up? I really can't think of what my guess would have been a year ago. It definitely would not have been the Bucks, though. No, I would not no, have never been the Bucks in my mind. Uh, maybe yeah. the Chargers, maybe it could have been. But, you know. uh, but, but no, I, point, when I heard that, I thought that, that was weird. That. It's the yeah. Chargers. They're yeah. they're just the Chargers. Colts. I lied. I would have said the Colts. Especially, but then again, then again, a year ago at this time, we didn't know that I Andrew would. Luck was going to retire. Yeah, Andrew I'll, Luck retired like weeks before the final preseason yeah. game, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Right? Did he? Yeah, he announced it the final the week of the final preseason game yep. is when Andrew Luck announced his retirement. Interest. I don't know, but nonetheless. But now all of a sudden, all these free agents are wanting to flock to the Bucks. They want to. I mean, that right there. When you want to ask if Tom Brady still has enough left in the tank, let's be real here. Okay, let's be real. I'm gonna. Not, I'm not gonna go off of regular fans' opinions. I'm gonna go off of the NFL players' opinions. The NFL players clearly believe in Tom Brady, which is why everyone's flocking there. And Dominican Sue said today that the only reason that he is extending, that why he's re-upping his contract with the Bucks, is because he believes in Tom Brady. Like, let's be honest. Like, we can have our opinions. Oh, he's too old. If the NFL players are taking a chance by going to play with Tom, an old Tom Brady, that everyone's trying to win a ring. You're not going to go waste a year of your career just to play with the skeleton of Tom Brady's past or the ghost of Tom Brady's right. past, right? Like, they clearly believe in Tom Brady. So yeah. I just have a hard time believing that Tom Brady is as bad as what everyone's making him out to be. Did you watch that playoff game? Did you watch the last playoff game against the Titans? Sure, Vrabel coached a good game. The Titans have a good defense. But the Patriots had nothing. 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 Nobody. Like. And to sit there and, like, you're using Tom Brady's greatness against him because you're saying, well, he's won with nothing in the past, so he should be able to do it now. I think that's unfair. To use Tom Brady's greatness in the past of always being able to win with average play, I don't think that was fair to put on him last year. He is getting older. Do I think he's a bad football player because he's older? No. But I don't believe that you could put as much responsibility on him as you could when he was in his prime. That's on the. If you want to talk about the Patriots and how they don't do anything wrong, they did do a lot wrong. They took it. They took for granted the greatness of Tom Brady. Like they didn't pay attention to the fact that okay, he's getting older, and sure, he's playing at a level that most older quarterbacks don't play at. But you still needed to be better prepared than that. You still, I mean, to be fair though, they did try to bring in Antonio Brown. 
they did bring in Josh Gordon. They did begin to make moves that were kind of out of the Bill Belichick character a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, the Patriots have never been an organization in years past that they had to take a chance on somebody. And you started noticing the desperation of the Patriots the last few years when they took a, a when they they had to take a chance on pothead Josh Gordon. All right, they had to take a chance on obviously Antonio Brown. So like that's what I'm saying is that the Patriots like we could beat up on the Patriots all we want, but like you know, what'd you say? <laughs> it's all good, man. So no, but four five seven nine four six four. This whole thing's interesting to me. And Dominican Sue though, gonna uh, signing a one year one million dollar deal. Uh, $1 million deal with the Bucks. I think that's uh, interesting, nonetheless. And Dominican Sue, of course, spent the year before that with the Rams. The Rams had spent a ton of money in free agency two years ago last year, and Dominican Sue left the Rams. We were kicking the tires on the idea of maybe the Bengals possibly taking a look at him. He went with the Bucks last year, returning to the Bucks this year. And his interview earlier today said, well, yeah, he wants to play alongside Tom Brady. Uh, let's go to uh, Ron and Tip, of course. Ron, you uh, you ought to be excited. I never thought we would have to waste time talking Bucks football in here outside of Ohio State, but yet here we are. Well, I mean, he, he definitely didn't want to go to Cleveland, right? Well, no, they have Baker Mayfield. They're, they, they're good at quarterback oh, there. Oh, well, yeah, okay. Um, but, I mean, look, look at that offense last year, okay? I mean, they were third in the league. I mean, Winston, even with the 30 for 30, was ranked number one. And they were, they, all the games that they did lose were by single digits. And they were usually by a turnover at the end of the game by Winston. Yeah, you're going to so get less explosiveness with Tom Brady, but you're going to get ten times more efficiency with Tom Brady to make up for the lack of explosiveness. I think if, if Tom Brady – like, I don't think Tom Brady's as bad as people are making him out to be. I actually, I don't think he'll be an MVP next year, but I think his numbers are going to be really, really good. I think Tom Brady, we're not going to be sitting there pointing out the flaws of age. I think he's going to have a good year, Ron. I think the Bucks are going to be really good next year. I agree with what you're saying. If you take away the turnovers from Jameis Winston last year, but you keep his arm and playmaking ability, the Bucks are one of the top teams in fo football last year if they can clean up the mistakes. And with that new um – you know, CBA with a bargaining agreement, um, they're going to add one more playoff team. That just gives the Bucks another shot just to even, just to get in it, you know. So, but, and that defense, like, you know, Sue, I've seen that too today, that he signed that one year, eight million. I thought it was one million. What, what was it? Well, eight million might sound more realistic, but I think I thought it was a one-year, one million dollar deal. But one million doesn't sound like a lot now that I think about it. Yeah. He, Brandon's looking it up. I, I was listening to a show before coming on, and I thought I heard one million, but uh, you could be right on that. Eight probably sounds more reasonable. Eight. Yeah. I mean, I got the. I got the. It's answer. eight. My bad. It's I said eight. one. It's one year, eight million million dollar deal. I'm um, fake news. My bad. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I I don't know about you know they they need us. He's got the the two tight end set going. And that's his favorite target, really. And they, they're questioning his arm strength, but, I mean, he's got more weapons here or there than he did in New England. So, yeah, what's gotta, the, who, who's, who's the Bucks running back? Why don't I know this well, right at the time? Who's their running back? Well, they, ha they got Ronald Jones right now, but Peyton Barber, just he was a free agent. He went to uh, Washington. Where are the Bucks in the draft? Um, they're they're like thirteenth or fourteenth, fifteenth, maybe. You think they take? What about in the second round? The reason I ask is, do you think they? I mean, are are, are you satisfied with their running game? Because I think they can upgrade um, there. I do too. Um, I think uh, I think they'll get another running back. Um, J.K. Dobbins uh, possibly in the second round if he's still available. Oh, that, that's 
That'd be sweet. I mean, but uh, I only ask. Actually, I mean, what what are what are the what are your concerns then? Tom Brady and they have all those weapons on offense, uh, solid offensive line. He wouldn't have gone there if they didn't. What are the concerns though? What's the defense look like? And Dominican Sue, uh, obviously excellent, you know, pressure guy up front. Yeah, and their their defensive backs. I mean, I I've seen mock drafts. I've seen him taking a corner, but um, I mean, I just. I'm just excited to see what's going to happen, and I hope the season plays. But um, I, it's just going to be – I mean, he wouldn't have went there if he knew he wasn't going to win. You know that. Absolutely. Hey, Ron, I have to hit this break, man. All right, man. No Browns. No Browns. There you go. Enjoy it. <laughs> four five seven nine four six four. All right. So this isn't a long break. It's just a brief station identification. Uh, but on the other side, we're going to get into the Cincinnati Bengals. All of a sudden, they're for real. They're for real. Like they're they're going all in. Everything I said that the Bengals weren't going to do, they're doing. And I have no problem being wrong. And I'm happy for the Cincinnati Bengals and the fan base. And again, I cannot wait for that first weekend where we get to talk about a Browns-Bengals matchup where both teams are winning and playing at a high level. It could potentially be as early as 2020. We'll discuss here in 30 seconds. Okay, Bengals, I see you over there. I see you. As I joked about earlier, they went from this, like, little kitty cat to this big-ass tiger. Good for them. Good for them. The Cincinnati Bengals make a splash in NFL free agency earlier this afternoon, signing former Ohio State Buckeye Von Bell from the Saints to a three-year deal, $18 million. So about, what, six a year? Six a year. If my uh, right state math serves me correctly <laughs> there. Uh, six mil a year for three years, and they get that safety. And as I said earlier, what I really like about this is potentially, just potentially, maybe, this might have upgraded two positions. I like the addition of Von Bell. I also like what that could potentially do for a Sean Williams. Get him to play a little bit more linebacker. You know, I think we saw glimpses of that last year where he looked pretty good. There. So I, I don't know. I kind of like this a little bit. Not a little bit. I like it a lot. Me and you talked earlier. You think I'm a little high. You think I'm foolish. Yeah, I mean, you're high on the Bengals. Or Stop high, hitting on the Bengals. Listen, that is my team. That's a team I root for, have been rooting for. You Bengals fans are annoying as hell. I, 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 I point out your flaws, you get mad. Listen. Then I start saying, hey, I'm believing in the Bengals. I think that they have a good thing going. And now you're saying, oh, you're delusional. You're high. And other things I can't say on the air. I, I think I can see six or seven wins for the team, but you got uh, you got higher towards that that nine number. I was like, whoa, whoa, slow down now. I, I can I, see. No, that I, I had a lot of ifs in there. You did ifs. Okay. I said a okay. lot of like, is Joe if Bur- AJ Green's healthy, if AJ Green's healthy, if and he's Burrow not, has you know, and he okay. should be, because yeah. the little girl won't have to go play at Welcome Stadium this year, so <laughs> he won't have to worry about you know dramatically just snapping his ankle in two or whatever it was that he was overreacting to last year. Um, no. Uh, a healthy A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, no Eifert, obviously, mm-hmm. All right, but you have Azuma or whatever, so you're good there. You have Mixon. Um, I do, do not like the offensive line. I don't care about the offensive line right now. I don't care about the offensive line. What I really like right now is what the Bengals have done. What the Bengals, Bengals. Ooh, I, went all, <laughs> I went all hillbilly there for a month. <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. Um, what I love about what the Bengals have done defensively is, like, Von Bell would have been a great addition if that was, like, the first move that they made this offseason. I would have been pumped. I would have been praising them for that because they needed help. They needed to upgrade that secondary. But the reason that Von Bell becomes ten times more 
effective for the Bengals is because of the first move that they made in free agency, which was going out and acquiring D.J. Reader. Another big body, another pass rusher there in that front line. Again, you're putting D.J. Reader, you're putting him there with Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins. I love that. I think that they are, right now, I think that they've improved. I mean, when you talk about teams that have improved, improved themselves the most, you have to talk about the Buccaneers, getting Tom Brady. Yep. I don't know if that improves them the most because I think a lot of people will question, okay, but what Tom Brady? We're not talking Tom Brady in his prime, but the Buccaneers are dramatically improved. Jameis Winston played at a high level last year, threw a ton of touchdowns, but for every touchdown he threw, he threw an interception. ESPN's 30 for 30. <laughs> 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. You play a more efficient style quarterback position there with Tom Brady, I think that takes him even to an, an even higher level. So maybe they are the most improved. I think the Browns are second most improved, but that was before coming in today. I think that the Bengals have put themselves there with the Browns and the Bucks as the top three most improved teams. What about the Dolphins? Now we have to see what they do with quarterbacks. Quarterback is still a big question mark, and of course that's the most important position on a team. But they made some good uh, they made a lot of moves and some good pickups during this uh, offseason. They're to be determined because mm-hmm. i got to see what their plan is. Okay. Like, you have Fitzpatrick as your quarterback. That's not You're not trying to win Super mm-hmm. Bowls there. The Bengals are trying to win Super Bowls with, obviously, going out and getting to Joe Burrow, hopefully. Uh, the Browns are trying to win a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. The Buccaneers are trying to win a Super Bowl by going out and getting a Tom Brady. So those are Super Bowl caliber moves that these organizations have made. Now, they've had Baker, I get it, the Browns. But, I mean, like, you go and get the highest-paid tight end in football in Hooper, and you already add to, you know, have a two-tight end set there with Njoku, and you have Mixon, or you have, uh, uh, obviously, Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and you have OBJ, and you have Jarvis. Like, come on. I want to see the Browns step it up on the defensive side of the ball. But, man, I, I tell you what, I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I'm, I must be sick, but I'm praising the Bengals. I am beyond impressed with what they did. Carlos Dunlap, DJ Reader, Geno Atkins. I mean, even Sam Hubbard's not bad. So I think they're, you know, they're in good shape. They're in good shape. I love Von Bell that they added into the mix here. So, you know, you got to look at some of the other moves that they made in the free, you know, free agency-wise, too, again. So that's something to keep uh, keep, in, keep in mind here moving forward. What was that about? Ron was just calling us. Oh, jeez. Talk more bucks. <laughs> Ron, go away. Just listen. <laughs> just listen, Ron. I, I'm praising your bucks. Just relax. Like, he gets all anxious. Just relax, Ron. I, I complimented your bucks. Relax. Uh, but, no, I love what the Bengals have done. I love what the Browns have done. But I think the Browns need to do a little bit more. I spent the first part of free agency saying, hey, uh, Bengals, you might want to watch what the Browns are doing. You might want to do something. Now I'm pointing at the Browns saying, hey, uh, Browns, you can't keep – like, that's the thing. Like, these teams in these divisions, I think they all keep an eye on what everyone's doing. And I think if everyone else is kind of calm and not making drastic moves, everyone else just kind of stays put and they don't have to overspend or be aggressive. But the Bengals had to upgrade. And uh, they're put, all of their focus has been nothing but this defensive side of the ball. you got veteran secondary guys that you went and got from Minnesota. You bring in Von Bell. Not Von Miller, as I said earlier. Von <laughs> Bell. You bring in Von Bell. you got this, you know, the, uh, the veteran secondary guys from the Vikings. Uh, linebacker is going to be something that they obviously address there in the draft. I mean, obviously, I, th- I don't think you have a choice. But they're in a good, they're in a good position here. I love what they have in the defensive line up front. Uh, Hubbard, might, if he's the weak link there, then that's something to, to look at. Yeah, he's definitely a young and upcoming guy for the Bengals. Um, but one position that both Ohio teams still need to address is that linebacker. Um, that'll be essential for the success of both teams because you know that, that that second level is important to any defense. You don't want them to get past that second level and the, the safeties or the, the defensive backs have to make the tackles all the time on defense. So, like you said, D.J. Ritter, great addition for the middle of that Bengals defense. Now both teams still need to address the linebacker position.
All right, four five seven nine four six four. And uh, you know the other thing to keep in mind too is when you begin looking at a lot of the the, the free agents that are remaining, like Von Bell officially off the board and Dominican Sue off the board. And Dominican Sue really his final three destinations could have been either the Colts, the Jaguars, or the Buccaneers. He chooses to go back for eight million dollars in one year to the Bucks. Von Bell signs a huge deal with the Cincinnati Bengals, three years, eighteen million. Um, and what's interesting about this, like Bengals, here's the win for you. The Browns were the favorite to land Von Bell. Like, Von Bell, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, Von Bell, like, it came down. They said the best, the highest, as far as percentage-wise, the teams that had the highest percentage of landing Von Bell was either the Saints of keeping him, but the Giants were interested, but the Browns were the favorites to land Von Bell, and then the Bengals come in and swoop in. Like, that's, I love that. I love that aggressiveness right there. Not only are we going to go, because I, I said this from the beginning, the Browns need to watch what the Bengals are doing and vice versa. The Bengals need to watch what the Browns are doing because I think that they mirror one another. I think that they know they have their quarterback, obviously assuming that the Bengals take Joe Burrow. Both teams know that they have their quarterback. Both teams are confident in their wide receiving core. All right, Boyd and Green, and then you have OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Both are confident in their running game. Joe Mixon, of course, with the Bengals, and then Chubb with the Browns, and, of course, complemented by uh, Kareem Hunt. So both are very confident there. The Browns, I think I think the one upgrade, I think the one advantage that they have from their offense, the one thing that they are better than, than the Bengals, is that you know the two tight end set that they have, again, having Njoku and Hooper at this point. I think that's the edge, and I think their offensive line is better after getting, uh, you know, going out and getting Conklin, and then going to have probably use that number ten pick to be able to draft someone there on the top. What did you? T- oh, I see what you said. But yeah, you know, they're going to use their number ten pick to potentially draft another big offensive lineman, the big guy out of Louisville. So they're in good shape. The Bengals are in good shape defensively. I wish they would have addressed the offensive line. But again, what I love is the fact that the Browns were zeroing in on Von Bell and the Bengals came in and swooped in underneath. Now, as far as some of the top remaining free agents that are out there. I don't know if – look, the Bengals were – I'm going to take their name out of the hat for this. Jadavion Clowney, um, I, I like – I don't think that we're going to see their name in the hat for that. I, that wouldn't I make it sense. For uh, either side, it doesn't make sense. Cleveland, I wouldn't mind it. Miles but Garrett, I don't want to – here's why – yeah, but that would be a Bengals move. Like, that's why when the Bengals got DJ Reader, I said, well, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, you need linebackers, you need cornerbacks. Now, they they addressed the secondary. I don't think they're the best secondary in the world, but they're, it's dramatically better than years past. But I could see the Browns toying with that idea. They want to be flashy. Look at that offense. That's flashier than hell. The Browns aren't going for average guys. The Bengals are going for middle-of-the-line average guys. Von Bell's, the, that's a big name that they got. Middle-of-the-line flashy guys. Jadavion Clowney screams Browns, and they have the money to do it. I don't want to see him spend $20 million on him. I think that's a little overkill. I think you need to be careful with your money because you're going to have to decide here quickly in the coming years, are you keeping Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett's entering year four. Yep. So I don't think Jadavion Clowney is something that they will do, but I do think it's something that they could do. Uh, you look at, you know, we're not going to talk about the, the list of the top remaining free agents, Seamus Winston, he's irrelevant right now. That has nothing to do with either team. Logan Ryan, you and I talked about him earlier. He's another one. That, this is the three, the top three teams that could potentially land him, the Cowboys, Giants, or Bears. Why? Why not? Why not the Browns? Like, the Bengals are good. I'm not saying that they have the best secondary, but they address that, and I think that they're done. If they do make any more moves, it'll probably be linebacker. But Logan Ryan, at this point, if you're the Browns, get on the phone. Make something happen. Let's go. All right, how about Jason Peters? Jason Peters, at this point, again, he's an older veteran guy, but, I, you know, I, they, they address that. Actually, for the Browns, no. Bengals, yes, but no, because you have Jonah Williams there. All right. 
So he's out of the equation when you start looking at these names. You look at uh, Shelby Harris at this point. I don't think you have to worry about him. He's favored to go to the Broncos, Cardinals, or Colts. Where I see the Cleveland Browns could entertain this again is Darius, Demarius Randall. Uh, they they need didn't they just have him? Yeah, yeah. They should bring him back. I mean, he w- wasn't great, wasn't anything like a lockdown corner, but he was pretty consistent in the second. I mean, they era. just had him last year, mm-hmm. so I don't think you release him just to bring him back. But I don't know. He was tr- he went to the Packers, I believe. Mm-hmm. They just released him. Didn't they just release him? The Packers had him for the final, or no? They got him from the Packers, but like I, they didn't even try to trade or to get anything for him. That you know, and Dominican Sue signing with the Bucks, Von Bell signing with the Bengals at this point, uh, Brashad Breeland. Uh, cornerback right there again. Look, two million. The Chiefs. That, the Chiefs had him for two million really? last year. Now, if John Dorsey was with the with the Browns still, <laughs> I would say yes. The former Chief would definitely be there. How about Marcus Golden? Ten sacks last year. Seventy-two tackles. Outside linebacker. Bengals. They should go out there. At. Hello. Like the Bengals or the Bengals or the or the Browns. What are you waiting for? Like I don't understand. I don't know what he would ask for financially. Ten million a season. Now you didn't want to give Schobert that. Now is Schobert how much better or worse is you know is Marcus Golden better than Schobert? Schobert wanted about at least ten million. Now he got what thirteen? Thirteen, yeah, from Jack, from so, the Jags. Yeah. yeah, so you can get Marcus Golden for ten, maybe eleven. You're still saving yourself a couple million there. But the, no, the Browns cannot fill their interior. They, you can't fill the linebacker position with all rookies. You just can't. Uh, I saw Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews. Clay yeah. Matthews. That don't be surprised if he ends up with the Browns. That would probably be a cheap get for them. Yeah, too. that makes sense. Uh, and I'm being serious. Like I don't know that he was released over the weekend. I thought yeah, that was by interesting the Rams, by yep. the Rams. Mm-hmm. I, I, Clay Matthews might be kind of kicking tires on some teams. How much? I mean, I didn't. How good was he last? It wasn't year very productive last year. Wasn't very productive. Mm-hmm. But see, what will happen is, is the Browns, if they can get him for cheap, they'll do it because it'll be a way. For, like then you can draft a linebacker. Yep. I think you could draft a linebacker then if you have Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews, you pay him, get him what he needs, get him in there. You have veteran leadership there. They need veteran guys on that defensive side. They were too immature on that side of the ball the last couple of years. I think Clay Matthews brings that maturity that that team could need. Plus the historical presence of him, too, I think would play well in that locker room. Four five seven nine four six four. Bengals fans' reaction, again, to Von Bell uh, being signed earlier today. Three years, $18 million. Uh, that's a that's a big get for the Bengals, and I've been very complimentary of them all day today. Uh, I usually just do nothing but bash them, but 127 million, Brandon, you pu- you pulled up this tweet from earlier. The Bengals have spent 127 million dollars this off season. That's three times the amount. That's three times more than they have ever spent in years past. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, what's that? I was just going to say, yeah, only 49 million in the span of five years total combined, yep. and then 127 million plus. In this offseason. So. A little under three times, but still, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, you could tell that they're going all in. Let's go to Jerry. Jerry, what's up, man? Hey, gentlemen. How are you guys doing today? Good. Hey, I wanted to get your thoughts on this idea for the Browns and their draft. So we're all pretty much sure they're going to draft uh, a left tackle, right? Hopefully, for a Browns fan, that kid from Louisville, my God, he's a mountain. Um, I wonder what you thought about them maybe coming back in the second round and getting someone like Solomon Kinley, who was a mountain guard from Georgia and put those two guys on one side of your line and basically have like an Upshaw, Archell type right side or left side of the offensive line for like a decade. Um, it would Trust me, I would not be against that, 
But because of their lack of effort in free agency on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to get Cleveland's going to get the kid from if he's there. They're going to get the kid from Louisville with that tenth pick. Um, I honestly, I think the rest of their picks will be nothing but defense. Um, so, although I'm not against that idea, I like that idea, Jerry. I just, I see if they, if they're going to, after going out and getting Conklin and spending all the money they did on the offensive side of the ball and addressing zero defensive issues, I don't anticipate them making many offensive draft picks this year outside of that first round pick for that lineman out of Louisville. So, I like it. I just think it's going to be all defense after the first round. I got you. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I just was trying to be a little counterintuitive. No, um, like, and that's the thing. If they, if they, like, their defense is garbage right now. Like, the Bengals have surpassed them. Like, the Browns right now, if the season started today, they have the worst defense in the AFC North, period. So that's why I'm like, I, I, I have no issue with that mindset, but, like, they have to make something happen because if they're not going to go after some of these bigger names in free agency, I don't see that, you know, they're going to have to address those in the draft. I get you, man. Uh, another intriguing guy, if he's still around that late, uh, for either Cincinnati or Cleveland in the second round would be Zach Braun yes. from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he could provide pass rush, and he looked like a pretty good strong side linebacker to me. Anyways, um, that's really the only question I had. Um, I agree with you. I think Cincinnati got better. I think Cleveland's getting better, and I, I think my Raiders are getting better. So I'm all about free agency so far this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at, like, the Browns. I mean, when you look at what they have from an offensive line standpoint, I mean, they're good. They're you need a guard. Yeah, you know, they have Batonio there. Teller, Wyatt Teller, that's where they need to address that. But you put Conklin at right tackle. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I know. agree with I, you. They, they need one more. But I think that's what they're doing with getting the kid out of Louisville. I hear you. Uh, one thing I would say is I think you could get someone like um, that, that Troy Dye from Oregon. Uh, as a linebacker, I think you could get him third round. The kid from Effie State, you could get third round as a linebacker. I just look at the the tape on this Kinley kid from Georgia playing guard and how huge he is. And then I'd see the tape from Beckton playing tackle at Louisville. And I'm looking at those two guys and I'm thinking, you might not even need a defense with Chubb in the back of the field because I mean, it'll take four defenders just to keep those two mountain dudes from getting five, six yards of play. They're huge. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. Just, just one man's humble opinion, brother. But, man, I, as a Cleveland fan, I'd be excited to see it. I know that. If I was a Cleveland fan, that is. If you were. If There's I no, was. I was the, I'm the last bandwagon fan that was welcome in. No more room for you, Jerry. No, I'm not jumping off my Raiders, man. I've been going this long. Why would I stop now? All right. Hey, Jerry, appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, four five seven nine four six four. It's the Justin Kinner Show right here on Dayton's ESPN Radio, fourteen ten, Wing AM. Tomorrow, good news, folks. You only have to deal with me for an hour tomorrow. Tomorrow would be, should be, opening day. Tomorrow should be opening day, and uh, instead, we don't even know when opening day is going to be. Uh, by the way, I got that wrong. There was talking about the. I'm losing my mind. Just forget it. I'll get back to you in a okay. moment. <laughs> Literally just spaced there for a second. Um, but I was reading this earlier. But no, so tomorrow, uh, with tomorrow's supposed to be Reds opening day, and uh, we're not going to have that. So with that being said, tomorrow at 4 o'clock, we will have last year's Reds opening day game against the Pirates. The Reds won 5-3. Sorry, gave the ending away. My bad. But it was Reds opening day last year. We will air that game tomorrow at 4 o'clock right here on Dayton, some of the Reds, 1410 Wing AM. So tomorrow at 4 o'clock, Reds 2019, Reds opening day. Reds, Pirates, um, of course, Luis Castillo. We got the opening day start last year. I mean, dang, 
tomorrow should have been opening day. But uh, the second best thing is, of course, at least hearing Reds on radio, on the radio, on 1410 Wing AM. And the good news is you get to hear Marty Brenneman's pipes once again. So we thought we had heard the last of him on the call on this station, but no, that's not the case. We're going to re-air last year's opening day game um, against, obviously, uh, the Pirates. And we know how interesting things got between the Reds and the Pirates. Maybe not in that opening day game, but in that series moving forward. The Reds won that opening day game last year. Their second game got rained out, and then they would go on to lose seven straight. And then it was like, man, before the season even started, before you could even get excited about the additions of going out and getting Puig and those guys you know it just the season just got out of hand that's why we've been talking about for a while with the reds that if the season does get underway we're they're in a position where they cannot start the season whether the season starts in may june july or august it won't start in august doubt it starts in july um but you see my point no matter what month the season starts they cannot have performances in that particular month like they've had in april they have to get out to a hot start because you're going to have less games than in years past, which means you have less games and less time to make up any kind of slow start. So to me, the Reds, it's going to be very important. But tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Reds opening day from 2019, Reds Pirates, 4 o'clock. Uh, we'll have the first hour of this show and then hand it off to Marty Brenneman. I didn't think I'd get to say that again. But yes, Marty Brenneman will have the call from last year, uh, Reds and Pirates, 2019 opening day. So yesterday it was announced that the Tokyo Summer Games would be postponed to 2021, not canceled. So there is good news. Considering the circumstances, I do believe that the postponement of the Tokyo Summer Games, that, that is good news. Uh, because right now we can't say, oh, well, good news is, is that they would still get to you know have it. That's not the reality we live in right now. We live in a reality where the things that we are accustomed to watching and being entertained by have all been taken away from us due to this virus. And as I've been stating multiple times, this has not been done to us. It's been done for us. This has been done to protect us. Um, so with that being said, I am very happy that these games have not been canceled. They've just been postponed. The Summer Olympics for 2020 have been pushed back to 2021. Um, Clayton Murphy, uh, a local kid from, uh, from Greenville, uh, again, he's going to join us coming up here at 5.30. He's a USA track athlete. In fact, he won a bronze medal back in 2016 at the Rio Games in the 800-meter run. Excited to talk with him. Again, from Greenville right now, he was training for the Tokyo Summer Games. And, of course, you know, when you hear his story, he's kind of been going through a stretch that all of us have been. The, the big question of what if, what are we doing, what's going to happen? We have no idea. So he was training as if the games were going to go on as planned. He was told yesterday, as we all were, that the games were going to be pushed back a year. So we're going to be joined by Clayton Murphy coming up next. We'll talk about the postponement of the Summer Games. We're going to talk about how his training regiment has changed. I'm also curious, and Brandon, you might know this, so if the, if the Games have been pushed to next year, does that take the Games four years from now and push that back a year, or would you still have the Games three years from now? So you get five years to train for this Olympics and only three for the following one? I'm just curious how that's going to work, and maybe that's something he'll answer for us. That's what it is. Um, I saw something yesterday. Um, it was on First Take, I believe. They had um, one of the people who was the directors. I don't believe it was a director, but there they're some high up in the IOC, and they were saying that the Olympics will still take place in 2024, um, and they will not be moved back. Yeah. So not be so. I'm curious too. Is that an advantage? Uh, and that's where I'm going to talk. We're going to talk with Clayton coming up. You have three years to train for the next Olympics now. I mean, so or the following Olympics after the one in 2021. Is that a good advantage, disadvantage for some? All right. So we're going to be joined uh, again by Clayton Murphy coming up. USA track athlete, Greenville native. He joins us next right here on the Justin Kenner. Don't go anywhere.
world is in right now that I would have that emergency system like set up and running properly correctly. <laughs> like I think now is as good a time as any to yeah. make sure our emergency alert system is working about as well as Need to be any other of time that. of the year. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a priority of mine following today's show. Welcome back. It's the Justin Kinner Show. Justin Kinner with you here on Dayton's ESPN Radio, 1410 Wing AM. Tomorrow should be Major League Baseball. Uh, and that obviously being the number one goal and all of these precautions that are being taken. One of the things that have been taken from us, of course, is the Tokyo Summer Games here in 2020, at least not taken away completely as they have been postponed to the summer of 2021. And joining us now to talk about that USA track athlete, Clayton Murphy, Greenville native. Clayton, welcome in, man. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Good. I appreciate you taking time and joining us. Now, where are you calling from? You're on the West Coast, correct? Where Where are you training from? Yeah, so I'm in uh, Portland, Oregon right now, training. So Portland, Oregon. So you, you haven't pulled the plug on training, right? Like you have a whole year, so just kick back, eat a couple Twinkies, and just relax, man. You got a whole year. Uh, <laughs> I've seen a bunch of people, a bunch of athletes say that they've uh, changed their breakfast routine from yesterday morning to today. I saw somebody tweet that said yesterday's breakfast was uh, <laughs> eggs and toast, and this morning it was cheesecake. So I there you there's go. A, there's a few of us that are kind of taking a break. So I'm actually <laughs> headed to get some in and out in and out burgers for lunch today, actually. So. Not bad. See, now your guys is like taking a break is my every day, but then there's a reason you look the way you do and the way reason I look the way I do. So there's that. Uh, but no, hey, Clayton, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, just following up on your story again, uh, you know, you won a bronze medal back in 2016 at the Rio Games in the 800-meter run. And uh, again, you were prepping for the Tokyo Games this summer. How tough, I mean, we're 24 hours removed from the news that this was going to be postponed. Are you, I'm not, you're not happy that you're not going to be competing this year, but are you at least happy that they haven't canceled these completely, that you still will get to compete, even if it is a year from now? For sure. I think, uh, I don't think anybody wanted to see them get canceled. Um, I mean, it's such a huge event that brings the world together um, once every four years. So I think it's a, it's a special event, not just on an athletic basis, but on a world basis. And uh, I don't think anyone wanted to see it get canceled. Um, I know there's some people who are... Uh, disappointed in the postponement but um it's better for some so i think you just kind of got to look at it through the right lens and i'm just excited and uh gonna buckle down here after i kind of enjoy a little short break here for a couple days and then buckle down and and get ready for next year now i can't really uh, relate to the the type of training that you do in any capacity. I guess the way I could do it is by thinking back to my college days. If I know that I'm heading into the week of finals and I have to study my behind off for finals coming up, but in in the back of my head, I'm like, well, we may not have finals. Maybe this pandemic keeps us from even having to have a final at all. I don't know how hard I would still be studying for that final. That's kind of the situation you were in. You didn't know if you were going to be able to compete in the 2020 Summer Olympics or not. With the distraction and the conversation of COVID-19, how did that impact your your mentality when it came to training? Did it make it more difficult? Yeah, I think it was really tough, and uh, I mean, it was it was just an unknown factor, like what you're saying, and uh, that's what the boat I was in. Of I kind of tweeted about it and expressed my feelings of uh, there just needed to be some kind of date, some kind of timeline that the IOC was giving us of hey, we're going to make a decision by X date or whatever it was, uh, and whatever decision they came up with, um, I would be behind. I just needed it. I just would like some kind of forward direction and uh, obviously the way the the world is it was very limited in what we're doing for training and uh which doubled the factor of the unknown factor as well as you're limited of how you train and uh i was in i was doing a lot more cross training um with a little injury that i've been fighting over the last couple weeks so i was limited and i needed i was training in a gym every day on a spin bike and, and doing some runs easy runs but most of my training was happening in a gym so when gym started closing and became unsafe um i had to make up 
I made up gyms in my made up the gym in my home and ordered equipment and, and ordered a spin bike and did everything from home and was training in my uh, what was my office is now my gym and uh, I was doing that on my own in my in my little room and then when they came out with the announcement, obviously training kind of lacks a little bit the last couple of days, but it made it difficult to not only train um, because of the situation in the world, but also the unknown factor for sure made it made it difficult. Now, do I mean who do you do you just train solo? I mean, right now you're training solo because of the circumstances. But I mean, how often you know do you train regularly with other uh, you know athletes, or are you a solo guy? I mean, how how does that work for you? Yeah, so I train. I was with the team um, up until the end of last year. Now I'm training um, on my own, and uh, I train back with my my collegiate coach at the University of Akron, my 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 coach now. And uh, actually, my wife and I are making the move back to the uh, Akron Cleveland area. In uh, about two months, we're going to make the move back there. And uh, so that way I can train full-time with him at the university. Um, and so when I'm back there, I'll be able to uh, help coach the team there at the university as well as kind of do some workouts with the guys. But for the most part, uh, I'd say 90% of my work is done um, pretty much on my own. Clayton Murphy, USA Track Star, with us here. Clayton was prepping uh, at what point for what was supposed to be the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo. Now that was postponed to 2021. Talking with Clayton now about kind of the, the change in his regiment now heading into that. Now, with that being said, Clayton, there was a lot of question marks about, you know, some felt that these, these games were going to go on regardless just because of how big. I mean, this is the biggest sporting event in the world when you look at, you know, all these countries coming together for this event. If they would have continued on with the games, you would have had to make a decision of whether or not you would have competed. Did, had you made your mind up in your head what you would have done had it come to that? Uh, I had not made my mind up. Um, I think as far as whether my family would go, um, I kind of I was pretty strongly um, not wanting them to go um, just for safety, whether or not the pandemic would have slowed or not. Um, and I think the decision that for me competing personally um, would have came at whatever the last possible second they would have they would have made us make that decision by um, kind of what you're saying. It's a special event. Um, it only comes around once every four years, and and, and the other factor is there's a, there's a financial incentive for us to compete and uh, do well there. And uh, I mean, obviously, uh, being a livelihood, it's a that's a balance of obviously health and safety as well as uh, you know making your income. So there was a lot of factors that went into that kind of decision and. Um, I never dug too deep in it because it was something that was uncontrollable at the time. Um, and I kind of, that was kind of as soon as the pandemic started happening a couple months ago and transitioning me back to my college coach, one of the things I've just been working on is that unknown factor. And the Olympics were a huge unknown. And I just kind of dealt with what I was dealt with as far as, hey, the, they're saying they're going to go on. So I got to train like they're going to go on. And if they do go on, then I got to make that decision um, at the, when the time is made for that. So, uh I'm glad I didn't have to come to that. It would have been a pretty difficult decision to make, for sure. No, absolutely. And uh, we're, I'm just happy for you that you you don't tra you didn't do all that training and prepping for this just to have it being taken away from you. At least you still get to compete in that a year from now. Now, w with other athletes competing in this, how, how often did you have this conversation with others? Did you seek advice from others and what their mindset was? Or, as you said earlier, is it just something you try not to think about because it's out of your control? Did you have any conversations with other, uh, you know, either USA track athletes or just other uh, competitors in general? Uh, not necessarily with other competitors. Um, I spoke a lot with uh, kind of my team and my my psychologist and my coach and different things like that about uh, kind of what how we wanted to approach things, um, how we mentally wanted to approach things. Like I said, uh, my wife and I are planning a, a move back to Ohio in the next couple months. So my wife and I have been back and forth on how we're going to make that move and make that smooth transition back. Um, and obviously, the Olympic trials are scheduled for the end of June and. Um, 
the Olympics were obviously scheduled for the end of July and August, so that was a, obviously a factor that we took into consideration. So now with that off the table, then obviously that move becomes uh, a lot smoother. And um, but my coach and my team and, and I were all kind of in the boat of we got to train hard, we got to be prepared because if they have these, um, if they have the games and the pandemic slows, then obviously we need to be prepared. Um, and who knows what it's going to be like. So we're kind of always in the boat of we got to train for them, and, and if then we can adjust back, but we can't always, you can't get back the days you miss. So. Wow, interesting. Uh, with that being said, you mentioned this earlier, and we have Clayton Murphy with us here, uh, USA Track Star, uh, again, the Greenville native, and we're excited to have him on with us just talking about the news from yesterday. Again, the Tokyo uh, Tokyo Games have been postponed one full year. I mean, we're talking with Clayton now, who's prepped to compete here in the coming months. And with that being said, you talked about how it's you know every four years it's, it's a, such a special event. Now it's postponed for a year. And I already know the answer to this, so I don't like that's not going to impact the Olympics from four years from now. So now you have five years to prepare technically for next year's Summer Olympics, and only three to prepare for the next one. Is, do you like that or no? Um, I don't think I don't think it really. I mean, like you're saying, it's the biggest sporting event, and obviously it's a big it's a big part of our sport. Uh, but we have pretty big um, competitions along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that if by the end of the year this year we can get back on the track and have some pretty big international competitions for just track and field and, and kind of bring the sport back to a season. Um, so, I mean, like, that's the first step is kind of just getting us back on the track, um, getting some competitions back. And then um, what's looked like what well, was supposed to be in 2021 in, in Eugene, Oregon, they were going to have the World uh, Athletic Championships in Eugene for the first time in the U.S., um, which happens every other year for us. And, and it's the same people who compete in the Olympics, the same qualifying procedure, um, the top three at that, that year's U.S. national meet goes. Um, so it's just as competitive on a track and field level um, as the Olympics are um, to compete and win at. Um, they were supposed to have that at 21, and I think they're pushing that back to 22 um, from what I heard this morning. But So we're going to have some pretty big competitions some pretty big um, things along the way. So I, I guess it does. It makes that window a little shorter. Um, so who knows uh, how, how it's going to work. But I don't think it really is going to take away the, the – the on the the ooh of the Olympic Games just because it's only a three year instead of a four year. It's still going to be a special event. It's still going to be the best competition in the world. At the end of the day, after you compete next summer, it'll be here a year quicker than uh, you would normally have to wait. So I guess there's that, too. So <laughs> there is a positive in that. But, uh, hey, Clayton, uh, thank you so much, man, for taking time and joining us. I know, uh, you, I mean, everything you do is being impacted by everything going on around the world, just like, you know, all of our listeners and everyone around the world being impacted by it. And I appreciate you taking some time and hanging out with us for a bit. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate it. So thank you. Yep, thank you. All right, that was Clayton Murphy again. And, uh that's a very interesting story again just with the to- or with the summer uh, olympics being impacted by that again the tokyo games being pushed back to 2021 now instead of being canceled which i think is a that's great because and the other thing i should have asked him too was I'd rather them wait another full year and have the full pomp and circumstances with it than to just force it with no attend like no one in attendance you know what i mean like i, I think that's the plus to this too like the olympics is supposed to be special as all sporting events are the crowd the reaction everything is a part of it and uh with something that special i'm glad that they're waiting a year to make sure that they could pull this off uh you know with no issues so i'm excited for him and for that it would have been so weird watching the olympics with no fans yeah because like even it would have been weird watching the sports that we get to see every year um but to watch but for it to be the olympics they only play the olympics every four years well you know summer and winter every two years but the summer olympics are every four years and to 
had fans not to be able to attend those games, that just would have been weird. And I don't know if they would, if it really would have went on without fans. Like, how can you have Olympics without fans? Because you have fans coming from all over the world to see these games and to watch their country, to represent their country, and to have that without fans would have been just. I don't oh, absolutely. Know. Yeah. And keep in mind, you know, what's so cool? I mean, he won a bronze back in Rio games in 2016. Like, so, I mean, that's why I really enjoyed getting a chance to talk with him just because, I mean, he's competed at the highest of levels. He's achieved success at the highest of levels and prepping mentally uh, to take part in this. I just think that even if they would have had it, this has still impacted it and ruined it to a degree because it's like you haven't been able to fully, like, you can't be, like, to me, you can't thoroughly be excited and pumped for it because you, half of your brain is just dealing with the stress of are we going to do this are we going to do this how can you put your all into working out with the end goal is oh we have olympics coming up around the corner but knowing half your brain's telling you it's probably not going to happen it's probably not going to happen so that's such a tough predicament to be in which is why i'm glad they moved it to a year because are you really going to get the best of these athletes coming up i mean everyone's in the same boat mm-hmm. you know i will always say when it's raining out oh we're struggling we struggle in the rain yeah well it's raining for both teams you know it, it's the same ball for both teams it's the same you know so that's that's the mindset everyone's going through it but I, i'm glad that another full year uh to get through this so anyways i just want to say thank you again to clayton murphy greenville native again usa track star uh won a bronze medal in the 800 meter run back in 2016 at the rio games good enough to join us here on the justin kenner show uh and again he was prepping uh, to participate in this year's 2020 Tokyo Summer Games, and now that has been pushed back to next year, and uh, he was good enough to join us from Portland, Oregon. All right, so we'll step away for a few moments. We'll close out the show on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Life. All right, welcome back to the Justin Kenner Show. Thank you to uh, USA track star Clayton Murphy for hanging out with us a bit here on the Kinner, on the Justin Kinner Show. Brandon is getting that uh, uploaded to the site now. You good? That good? good. Will be? Or it's up? It's up. Attaboy. Good job. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you, Brandon. No problem. Uh, with that being said, as we close out the music, this man goes back into his house. Now, keep in mind, like we're all under this like stay-at-home order. Mm-hmm. And by the way, just so you know, I think the city of Dayton is doing a horrible job of that. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> if you're listening in your car because you're driving out and about somewhere you shouldn't be, I hope I just guilted you a little bit. <laughs> I'm very ashamed in you. Um, but no, I think Dayton is doing a horrible job of the stay-at-home order, just throwing that out there. I don't know. So when another week happens, when they do like the big shutdown because we didn't follow the rules this time, I don't want anyone getting mad because it's your fault. So just throwing that out there. It's my fault, too. Uh, let's be clear. But Anyways, back to the point. We are all getting a little stir-crazy being forced to stay inside. All right, and uh, and I get it. You know, we're, we're all being forced to stay inside, and everyone's getting a little stir-crazy, and we're getting real anxious, and we just, you know, I, I completely get it. But you're going to start to see a little bit of some of these crazy stories where people are going to go a little crazy a little bit. So this man who was playing his music really loud, his neighbor goes, and he knocks on the guy's door and says, Hey, man, your music's way too loud. You need to turn it down. The individual says... Yeah, no problem. Give me a second. He goes back in his house. Mm-hmm. And he grabs a sword. And he chases that mofo down the street with the sword because he asked him to turn his music down. So the next time you're at home and you hear your obnoxious neighbor, or if you live in an apartment, and I've been there before, and that's the worst. I mean, I've had some horrible, horrible apartment neighbors. So be weary of that. All right, everyone's a little stir-crazy. So what might be a simple little knock on the door, a little home check to say, hey, can you turn down that music? 
You better be careful. You might be running with a sword aimed at your ass at some point. So I'm just saying. But yes, uh, a man told to turn down his music chases his neighbor with a sword. Who the hell has a sword? I was about to say that. Not a knife. Not, not, not like a rock. Not something that could throw at you. Like uh, Not a regular household item, but a sword. <laughs> yeah. A sword. Like that's some samurai stuff, man. Like I don't get it. It's crazy. Who a has sword. a sword? Like, Who has a sword? Exactly. I mean, I don't know. Like the karate people, do they <laughs> hang swords on their walls? I don't know. Man. And say, oh, man, hey, oh, that's a nice sword you got up there. Oh, yeah. I use it for my neighbors, somebody to turn my music <laughs> down. Like, what, who the hell uses a sword, anyways? So that is our non sports headline of the day. We do that every week or every day to close out the show. Your help is always wanted in that. You can, of course, tweet us. I mean, uh, we want your best ones. Tweet us your non-sports headline of the day, and we will read. There's some days if we get a lot of good ones, we might read multiple ones. This is where you guys can be involved in the show. But find the non-sports headline of the day that you think would be hilarious. Tweet it to us, at 1410Kenner, Brandon W underscore sports. Yep. A mile long, my goodness. <laughs> but no, they at ESPN. Let's make this simple. At ESPN Dayton, okay? At ESPN Dayton, tweet your non-sports headline of the day, even if it's a couple days old. I don't care. Send it. The best one will be read. Uh, to or the best ones will be read to close out the show each and every day, just to kind of give us a break. You know, there's no sports going on anyway. So our non-sports headline of the day, our one today is man told to turn down music, chased his neighbor with a sword. sword. So there you go. What was yesterday's? Some of Pornhub. That's all yes, I. Yes, they gave away fifty thousand.